You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another live episode of the Assembly Call here at Switchyard Brewing Company. It is a bit of a disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as today our Indiana Hoosiers fall to the Illinois Fighting Illini 74-57, dropping our record to 16-6 on the season, 7-5 and uh, in Big Ten play. Uh, and obviously, we are here to talk about it with you today. Uh, and But as disappointing as the game was, we are going to keep this upbeat and have fun because what really matters on a day like today is everybody being here together, enjoying community. And so as we get started, I just want to say thank you to everybody who is here and give you guys a huge round of applause for coming. And why is there someone wearing Illinois stuff in the front row? <laughs> that is just unfortunate. <laughs> You're a very brave man. Yes. So I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, with Andy Bottoms, with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Uh, and we will start out this show the way that we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And look, obviously, there's not a lot to choose from in the game for the better moment today. Uh, but there Good were luck, really, Jared. Yeah, I know. No, there were, but there were two moments that stood out to me. One is these two guys being able to make it because at first I didn't think they were going to be able to be here because of the weather, because of, you know, previous engagements. And, you know, to us doing this show as we've done it virtually for now 11 years, this is our 11th year doing it. This is our one chance to get everybody together. And so it's awesome that those guys could be here. Uh, but the banner moment really for me was, you know, just walking down from the parking garage with Sally. Uh, Sally, where are you? Right back there. Sally Henderson from Evansville Security Services. Uh, you know, and I was kind of joking, you know, I don't, I don't know what to choose for the banner moment. Uh, and she said, well, you know, we've done this a lot together. Uh, and she's right. We have as a community. You know, part of the reason why we started the assembly call was to be able to celebrate after victories, commiserate after losses. And that is what we're going to do today. So. You know, to me, the banner moment is that Indiana basketball remains strong, even though we have some performances like this. Things are you know, going in a positive direction. And this is what makes Indiana basketball so great. And being able to get together and the fan support, the energy that was in the building in the first half. It didn't carry over into the second half because we didn't have a whole lot to cheer for uh, in the second half. But. Every time I come up here and wake up on a game day, I'm reminded that there's just something special about Bloomington, Indiana on a basketball game day, and I certainly felt that today. Uh, so as long as that uh, stays alive, to me, we're going to be on track for the next banner. Uh, so before we move the ball, find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, a couple quick announcements. Uh, number one, we are expecting uh, to have some player guests. They're supposed to come at 430. Uh, certainly, we were. Everyone, be nice. Yeah. We were. We were. We were <laughs> you, hey, someone, you, no, you. Richie's on it. <laughs> okay, someone, someone, pay attention to him. Um, so those, those guys, those guys should be coming, uh, which will which will be really fun to have them there. But we're doing a raffle, and we have a ton of stuff that we are raffling off today. Uh, and you can get the raffle tickets from Dave. Where's Dave? He's walking around. Dave's right there. And then back around the back, you can get the raffle tickets. It is cash only. And the raffle, every dollar that, that gets paid for the raffle is going to Mother Hubbard's Cupboard here in Bloomington, uh, which helps to 
Feed Bloomington, um, you know, help to solve the problem of food insecurity here in Bloomington. They do a wonderful job. Um, and actually, you know, Anthony Leal is going to be one of the player guests. And when I talked to him about coming, that was something that was very important to him, that we were going to be supporting a local Bloomington charity. And so that's the one that we chose. So all the money that goes for the raffle uh, will go to Mother Hubbard's Cupboard. And then we're going to be raffling off a bunch of incredible stuff that's over here. So when the players come, uh, they're going to sign basketballs. Uh, Grace Berger got a ball signed for us from the entire women's basketball team. We've got shirts. Uh, Chris Williams from IU Artifacts, uh, who is right here, brought a bunch of great stuff. So what's up here? Come take a look. We will draw some of the raffle tickets in between segments. Uh, but that's that is how you get those. And then, uh, of course, our banner moment sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Where is Connor from Homefield Apparel? He is in there. So our friends from Homefield Apparel in there. Uh, obviously, I assume everybody in here has Homefield Apparel gear. But if you don't, you can start that today. Go over there. Uh, talk to Connor. They uh, obviously do amazing work. And when you order online at their website, homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off. All right, gentlemen, let's talk a little bit of basketball here. Uh, go around the horn, get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. I don't like the smirk that's on your face. We're going to get the bottoms line from Andy <laughs> Bottoms first. It's coming, Jared. It's coming. <laughs> you can only put it off for so long. It's eventually going to happen. Um, yeah. We okay. can't hear you. Okay, so we will not go to Andy Bottoms first. Coach, we will go to you. It's Tonsoni time. Game of basketball is about shot making, and I think that Illinois made shots in the second half and in Indiana didn't. We can nitpick about whether uh, the offense was uh, correct or, or incorrect. Um, but it just came down to shot making, and Illinois' guards were, were tremendous today. And then you have the big guy, Kofi, inside. It just presents a, a real struggle. But I think – what we have here is we have a really solid defensive team, and I'm giving up 40 points in the second half might not show that, but our defense keeps us in uh, ball games. And when you have an off night offensively, that's when games like this are, are going to happen. And, and your best player only scores six, what, six or eight points, had trouble getting TJD going, and it just became an offensive struggle for the Hoosiers. But this team is a, a good basketball team. It's safely in the tournament as of right now. Uh, just can't – continue this kind of thing going forward but uh struggles in the second half but a lot to be proud of uh, going forward yeah absolutely andy do we have you nope all right keep talking keep talking andy okay ryan here we go ryan obviously there's a lot to rant about uh today what do you uh what do you want to speak on first can you hear me yet yeah okay good. yeah uh, yeah, let's just, let's just get this out of the way. I've talked about this for weeks. The way they start second halves is a problem and it's been a problem. I don't know what Mike Woodson and the staff are doing at halftime, but do the opposite, whatever it is. Uh, don't give a speech if you're giving a speech. I don't know. Put them on, you know, have them run, just have them warm up the entire halftime. I don't know because when they're coming out they're, and you, Jared, you said it, you saw them walking out and they look like they'd gotten bad news in the locker room. Yeah. They were up by two against the team that's leading the Big Ten. And they came out flat. They came out like they didn't have a chance to win. And they there was no juice, no energy. The crowd, you know, I thought the first half the crowd was pretty good. Second half, the crowd wasn't great. I mean, I think it was, you know, the players didn't get much from the crowd, and the crowd didn't get much from the players to sort of get excited about. Um, but that second half, I mean, that was that was they just got walked off their own floor. I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, to give up 40 points, what did they score? 19 or 21? 21, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's no 
excuse for just not for, for being at home and having the opposing team want the game more in the second half that you can't do that and so when you, when they're coming out of halftime they have to be better and they've had a couple games where they've come out and been on fire but that's the exception not the rule and they have been coming out flat almost every halftime and the thing is it showed tonight good teams will bury you when you do that you give a good team an opening they will bury you. Purdue would have buried them if they didn't come out hot. And, and they did come out hot in that one. But that's been the exception of the rule. And so something's going on there at halftime. I don't know what it is, but that team does not love to come out of the half. And it's always flat. And that first five minutes is usually a roller coaster of badness. And other than Xavier Johnson today, nobody in that starting five wanted to win that game coming out of halftime. And, and that was a problem. So yeah, they had a lot of juice in the first half. They did. They absolutely did. There were stretches they played. The, the bench played great. Uh, Johnson, I mean, really got them started. They started a little flat those first few possessions. And the reason why is they're going to trace against the guy who has made a career stopping trace. And so you're not going to get easy buckets there to get things started and get excited about. But Xavier got them started. And they really took off and played well. There were a couple of calls that went against them, I think, in the first half that, that really kind of staunched the momentum a little bit. Because they could have been up seven at half, you know, seven, you know, seven, eight, nine at half. Instead, it wound up being two. And then the second half, I have no complaints about the calls. I have complaints no. about the effort. And 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 they they were they were playing hard. They weren't playing smart. They weren't playing focused. And they weren't playing like they they thought they were going to win. And you can't do that at home. And and the thing about the second half is, as sluggish as it looked like they came out, there was still that one moment where they're up 46-42. Parker Stewart gets that three pointer. If he hits it, the roof's going to come off. Yeah. And it, it, we would have been up 49-42, but he missed it. Uh, Grandison, is that his name? Yeah, he came, came down, down, hit two threes, yep. and the then game. it really felt like the air kind of got taken out, and we were never able to get back going. Post-game, Woodson that. said that was what changed. The, that, that was the game right there. Was when Which, he hit those two threes. I mean, it, it was a big moment, but it shouldn't deflate the entire balloon. No, <laughs> you know, and, that's and, the and look, look, Illinois is a terrible matchup for Indiana because yes. they can't stop Kofi. I mean, Michael Durr did a, a great job trying today. But Kofi, they can't stop. They cannot use their best player in the post. I mean, Trace, it, Trace just can't do it. I mean, he cannot beat Kofi Cobert. He is. I, I hope that you know that turns around and he does at some point. But he can't beat Kofi Cobert, and so you've got to build your offense around something else. And when Trace was out of the game, was when they ran their best offense in the yeah. first half. And so it's a terrible matchup because you've got to help on Kofi because they don't have a natural matchup to stop him that can play thirty minutes and. When you help to stop him, they can all hit threes, as we saw in the second half. I mean, they, they yeah. at one point they hit six in a row, and it's just that very that, that ended the game. So, yeah. but again, at the three point line, you want to talk about something about uh, uh, substantiated there? That's not an emotional thing. They hit ten threes, I think. We hit three. You've got to get your three point shooter shots. They're on the team to hit shots. You've got to work to get them shots. Yep. All right, Andy, do we have you? All right, we'll see. Yes. Okay. All right. Your bottom's line. Well, it's really felt like a lot of buildup to this. So <laughs> better be good, I guess. Better be good. Um, now, I, I just thought, we, and as we were sitting here watching the game, the biggest stretch for me was the second half where they just couldn't, and it was right around the time of that Parker Stewart three that you talked about. But IU gets up 44 to 40, immediately gives up a layup on the other end off of, off, after a trace basket. But then they get three straight stops and three straight possessions end in Trey Jackson Davis turnovers, the first two of which came against the backup big guy for Illinois, whose name I have not even bothered to know at this point. Um, <laughs> But that was just a huge missed opportunity to really get momentum. The crowd was just dying to get. They were looking for a reason to explode at that yeah. point, and just couldn't do it. And yeah. and that really was. And there was very little juice uh, after that, and and really just kind of played out the rest of the half, just not really able to get a lot of momentum. And and 
they had done some good things in the first half to be able to kind of fight back without Trace to, to really play well. And I think some of the offensive comments are good because the second half was just force-feeding him the ball in there in situations that he wasn't really being successful. They they got away a little bit from going to Race Thompson against the, the undersized Illinois the four-man, which they, they went at. You know, we talked about that a little bit on the show the other night, and they went at that pretty hard early on, and then kind of got away from it. And and well, and I get that you want to ride the the All American yeah. and do and do that, but at a certain point, the feel for the game suggests that's not working, and, and trying to figure something else out. And, and it just continues to be not to beat a dead horse on the substitution stuff, but it was at least nine minutes into the second half before anybody subbed, and it's and not like that. And well. it's not like that yeah. team was was really playing well. And cop cop takes zero shots. For the game, Stewart played well in the first half. Had a couple, both the threes he took in the second half were good looks. Should have gone line, yeah, yeah missed, and, and were good shots. But it's just, um, I thought Bates yeah. played well in the first half. I thought Galloway played well in the first half. That to where you need somebody to spark you in the second half, and I'm not sure wait until nine minutes in is the time to do it. Yeah, and we've we've talked about that before. I no, think it, we haven't. It, maybe a little bit, <laughs> once or twice. I mean, it's it's definitely come up. Uh, no, oh, we, we were did. saving that conversation here for the first time. I thought we all agreed we wouldn't talk about it. Uh, you know, right we wanted to do it live for the fans. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that that the, the you make a great point about Miller Cop, and, and that is he played 16 minutes. He actually played some pretty good defense today. I think we all were texting about that. I mean, you know, fine. I mean, Chad, what did I kept telling you? I'm like, get Miller the ball. Like he really looked he locked was, in. He, he was, was getting ready. rebounds. He was getting to loose balls, and then he never got a chance and offensively. In the post game press conference, Woodson said. Uh, that he didn't, he's like, he said, his quote was, I can't name one play we ran today talking about X initiating offense. And he said, unless I called it from the sidelines, like, well, Mike, call more, call more. <laughs> if they're not calling plays on the, you take over, call something. Here, here's the thing. And, and they got to call stuff to get cop shots. Yes. If he's not Absolutely. shooting, why is he playing 16 minutes a game? He deserves the chance. He's played hard. He played good defense. He deserves yeah. the chance to be rewarded with a couple three point shots. And you know, he's a guy who doesn't make mistakes with the basketball very often. You'll, you'll, he'll get a stretch. We'll turn it over twice, like two plays in a row or something. But those are few and far between. He's he's a guy they need to get involved. Why did you bring him in if you're not going to run plays to get him some open looks? I think that has to happen. And the same for Stewart. And they did run some stuff for Stewart today. College basketball is a guards game. As much as we appreciate Trace Jackson Davis and Kofi Coburn is just a, a, a load to handle. It's a guards game, uh, and, and we could not get um, our perimeter three-point shooters shots, whether that was by not calling it from the point guard or not calling it from the bench or whatever. But our guard strength, um, our wings, is shoot to three, and we did not get those opportunities, and Frazier was just unbelievable uh, today. And then you have the plumber, and they're at level of athleticism. And so, you know, one, you can scheme all you want, um, but some of it comes down to, you know, which guards are playing – which guards are playing better, uh, you know, on a given night. So I just think it's a guards game. And and, and that was the advantage, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, okay, real quick. So the, the raffle, we'll do the first drawing at the end of our first segment. So if you haven't gotten tickets yet, go do that. And also, uh, Brad from Superior Insulators, one of our other sponsors, is here. And so if you're here for the assembly call event, go around the corner because Brad has – a special little treat for folks who are here from the assembly call. Uh, so make sure that you do that. Uh, okay, let's talk about a lot of negatives. Let's talk about some positives that we take from this. I know there aren't many, but I thought one positive to take from the first half, and you mentioned it, was Tamar and Trey creating in the half court. Yep. Um, because it's you know it's something that you know when you have Miller, when you have Parker out there, they're there to shoot, they're catch and shoot guys, but you don't get a lot of playmaking from the wings. 
And I thought when Trey and Tamar, you know, you know Tamar especially, who's really been struggling, I thought he looked really confident today. He's um, that's, you know, that's been well, ranting on. Coach on the couple. sideline got him going. Yeah. If you notice that, the Illinois that was assistant ridiculous. coach was saying he can't shoot or something, and then tomorrow every time he hit was talking. He stared and he got him into it a, a, a few times. They did that. They do that to Xavier too. Same yeah. thing. No, uh, tomorrow, what I like to see there is he didn't just fire threes. He was looking to create something. Now, yeah. I think if Kofi wasn't Kofi Gilbert wasn't there, he might have taken it all the way to the hoop. But he had a couple pull-ups, and he was drawing fouls. And 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 that aggressiveness will work for them in their favor, and it'll work in his favor because he's a guy who definitely, when he feels like, you can see, when he feels like he's involved, he's way more into the game. And, and you know, not just drifting on the perimeter, but attacking yeah. and he being able to He got to play with things. Trace Jackson Davis and, and Race, too, which opens up some opportunities He was the for last bench the guy in. Yeah. He was the last the last of the bench guys in, too. Usually yeah. he's one of the first. And, and so he got in just as the starters were starting to come back in a little bit. And I thought he played really well, uh, certainly in the first half. He didn't play much in the second half. But I thought he played really well in the first half. And I thought the, the instinct to attack and, of course, to pull up because he couldn't get to the rim with, with Coburn in there was the right one. And he's getting fouled from behind. He, they, the teams know that he's aggressive, that he can attack. And so they're, you know, overplaying him a little bit. And uh, they need to, you know, he needs to do that more. And, and we've seen sort of a progressive him becoming more and more confident over the last few weeks. You know, it kind of all went away the Notre Dame game yeah. and it took him a while to kind of get back into the game we've seen him sort of slowly come in even when he hasn't been scoring he's been better on defense and he's been you know he's at least looked like he's willing to attack I talk, I was talking last night with Josh over here from um, the Hoosier ticket project and the pull-up two game is gone uh, and if you score at the rim and score at three you're going to win well what did Illinois do they scored at the rim and they scored at three and yes I think those moves that Tamar made were excellent um, but Illinois forced Indiana into pull-up twos. Force them off the line and don't and, and, let them get to the rim. Didn't yeah. let a, a, a score at the rim and then took away the three-point shot, and we were not able to do that on their end. Yeah. Um, and so they were shooting threes, and they were getting points at the rim, and that's the difference in the ballgame. So, I mean, look, the bottom line from this loss is, you know, you win this, it's a huge opportunity to get yourself in the conversation for a Big Ten title, frankly. Not that it would have been likely – but now you're in the mix, you know, so Indiana is not that we're kind of where we thought we would be somewhere between fifth and seventh in the conference. Um, but I guess the big question for you two, for the bracketology boys, is how damaging is a loss like this? You know, because Indiana has been kind of building up the resume. That's the other big goal for this season is make it back to the NCAA tournament. What does a loss like this do for that? It's just a missed opportunity as much as anything. It, it, it doesn't hurt you. It's a quad one loss. It's highly unlikely to become anything other than that but but it does put a little bit more pressure on some of the other games that you feel like you're supposed to win and different things like that but it, in and of itself it, it doesn't it doesn't kill you but it's it's a missed opportunity as much as anything yeah yeah indiana for for most of us i think was at a seven seed coming in and a, a loss to a top 15 team is not going to automatically drop them down to a nine seed plus the other teams that are in the eight nine ten range have all struggled as well and so you know Go to Andy's side, uh, inside the hall. If you, if you want to check out our side at Delphi Bracketology, root for the teams that are beneath us uh, to lose. <laughs> and then, then it cushions on, on games like this that you got to, if Indiana's moving down, you got to replace them with someone else. And it's probably not, not happening. Yep. Okay. Uh, so one other thing that I want to remind you all about, uh, and you probably know this, but uh, for those of you who are here for, for the event, uh, 15% of all the food that you order is also going to Mother Hubbard. So the food that you order, the raffle tickets that you buy, all going to support Mother Hubbard's. And uh, speaking of the raffle, 
let's raffle off a couple of items here. Uh, Jay, do you want to pick the first item that we're going to raffle off? <laughs> no, no, he listening? doesn't get to win. That's it's, a mediocre <laughs> response. I'll make a choice not yeah. No, you get so the raffle tickets again. You get them from Dave, or you get them around the corner. Yes. Uh, so let's, uh, Ryan. Yes, sir. Why don't you go grab an item? Go grab an item. And we All can right. raffle them off. Who has the tickets? I'm gonna grab an item. Then I'm gonna grab a beer because there I need go. one for this. There's still people buying them. Okay, so let's let some people buy. Okay, them. let's let some people buy them. Jared, I'm gonna go get a drink while you guys do this because I need okay. it after that. What, is this? Are we raffling this hat off? That's nice. It's really nice. Um, okay, so let's talk while while we're waiting. Let's talk meaningful moments. Um, I think we talked about one of the big ones, which was that second half where Parker Stewart misses that three. Maybe that changes things a little bit. Maybe that gives you some juice. Maybe that gets you going. Maybe it doesn't change anything. I don't know. You know, the thing for me that the moment that really stood out at the end of the first half that I thought was going to kind of help propel us, um, you'll recall this. It was 30 to 28. We come out of the timeout. We play great defense and force that shot clock violation. And then we come down on the other end. Race just sets an incredible screen uh, to free, I think, X up for a bucket. Puts us up 32 to 28. And, you know, and then a little bit later, I think, uh, you know, X has that three-pointer that he misses. He hustles and gets the rebound. And I think that to me is what was so frustrating is there were a lot of tough hustle plays at the end of the first half. And then you juxtapose that with what you see in the second half. And it just kind of, kind of doesn't compute, you know, because it felt like a different team almost. Um, and, if, you know, if they carry that over into the second half, this could be a different game. But that well, stuff just got left there. I'll go back first to that. Sometimes it's not that they don't want to win. It's just that the other team makes a lot of shots and you don't make a lot of shots. And that's demoralizing a little bit. Sure. So Illinois did a good job of adjusting at halftime. They were running some, we call it Ricky screens, where you come off a ball screen, you immediately go back and use it again. And then they were replacing on the backside, which messed up the tag. That's when Granderson hit the three. So that's not race not wanting to, to, to play hard or not into the game. Sure. That's just race covering the ball screen action. And then they, they adjusted in how they did that. They ran some flare screens too, uh, some double ball screen action that was uh, difficult. So to me, the second half was about Illinois' execution and Indiana's lack of offensive execution. If there was one place where I thought – the, the the focus was, and that's just Trace Jackson Davis. I, I didn't think he was as focused as you need your, your superstar to be, but I thought Xavier was fantastic today. I, I love the way he competes. Uh, I, I thought Parker Stewart was really solid today. Uh, so, so there's some takeaways that, that are positive, but I, I just thought when they come out, and at that point, um, not the point you talked about in the first half, but when Parker misses that to go up seven, and then they hit a shot, and they come down and take the lead. And once they took the lead, I thought we we kind of stumbled yep. backwards a little bit. And and more in our execution than in our effort. Well, and you bring up a good point. It's not it's not effort. I don't think it's that we didn't play hard. I think Illinois looked like a team that was very sure of what they were doing offensively. Absolutely. And we agree. looked like a team that at times was not sure. You know, there was one time we came out of the timeout and we you know, we come out of a timeout and one of the players, you know, says to his teammate, Wait, we have the ball? So it's like it just felt like, you know, and, and obviously, you know, Trace goes out, and so your first option offensively isn't there. We just played unsure. And when you're kind of playing unsure, you know, sometimes you're moving a little bit slower. I don't think that they didn't come to play to win or, right, you know, didn't right. play hard. And that's execution. Yes. If you're not sure what you're doing, you're not executing well. And, and Illinois, veteran team, knew what they wanted to do, and, and they, 
they just did it better. Uh, and that's where it's concerning what Ryan said about the, the post game. You know, Coach Woodson has his philosophy. He lets his offense go through the point guard. Well, at times, when it's not working, you not, might need to call something else. And, and, again, I'm not there practice to know all that stuff, but that is concerning where one team just ran good stuff all second half. And Indiana didn't ha- have have good stuff, uh, at least from the execution standpoint. Yeah, this, yeah I th- think, I mean, Illinois, no matter, even when they got down the first half, and I think that was something Jay and I talked about um, after he got here, was I use up two at the half, and you feel kind of good to be up two at the half, but you probably ultimately felt like you should have been up more. And Illinois just didn't blink. They got down seven, eight, nine, whatever it was, and they didn't really change what they were doing. Um, I mean, they made adjustments like Coach talked about, but in terms of like what they set out to do at the beginning of the game, they just kept going back to it over and over again. I think it speaks a little bit to the confidence that they have in what they're doing and their players and, and everything else. And I think they, they felt like they had certain advantages that if we go to these enough, yeah. it's going to pay off. And they missed some shots in the first half that they made in the second. Um, but it wasn't like they weren't getting good quality shots in the first half. Some of the threes just didn't go right. in. Uh, and they started going in the second half, and, and, and yes, they made some adjustments. But did, I think- did this to you feel a little bit, because we've talked about, you know, obviously Coach Woodson is coming from an NBA background, and he's trying to meld some of these NBA philosophies with the college game, and this felt like a, uh, a game where we saw some of those growing pains, in a sense, you know, playing yes. through the point guard without doing more. I thought, you know, at the, at the end of the game there, the last four or five minutes, it almost felt like some of the decisions were calling off the dogs, like you do in an NBA game when your team doesn't quite have it. And yet in college, like we've seen, you know, you make a couple threes, the other team gets rattled, you make those comebacks. And it really felt with some of the lineup choices and lack of urgency on offense, it's not typically what you see from a team in, with five minutes left was, down 12. I, 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 I will be short. I was very disappointed in the decisions the last four and a half minutes because we've all seen it happen in, against Indiana. It's a 12-point game. You hit a couple threes, you foul. And to have Xavier Johnson, your warrior, not out there the last 4.30. Um, I'm trying to be positive, but that, that to me was shocking. Um, on our home court, where we're talking about our home court, that's a decision that I just have trouble with. We can't hear you. This is awesome. His, his mic isn't working. <laughs> Who did this? Uh, it, it's it's better now. It's better. It was momentary. No, clapping. Um, no it wasn't. <laughs> Woodson Woodson asked uh, was asked about that in the post game, and he said they just weren't playing well. That's why I took them all out. And they said, "Well, what about well, what about Xavier? He was playing well." You, can make you know, the same said, argument for the first nine minutes yeah. of the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's one thing Chad and I were talking about. It's like it almost feels like he's trying to make a point right now. And he, he the, got asked, the "Were you sending a message?" Didn't make were, sense. He said, "Were you sending a message?" And he said, "No, they just weren't playing well." You know, it's, uh, maybe he was sending a message, but uh, it was a, it was a little bit of a contentious press conference. Was that? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. There was a point where he told somebody he wouldn't answer the question, and like, was um, it just a coach who was frustrated yes. after a loss? I, I, no, okay. I don't think it was. Like, it wasn't was lashing it out. Was it? No, it was we not coach, me. We coaches don't like us press. And, and yeah. I'm on both sides of it, right? <laughs> uh, we don't like the press asking questions after you lose. Yeah. yeah. No. Look, I, I think that that some of the decisions were questionable. We've seen that this year. I mean, some of the in-game coaching and and, and decisions are have been questionable. Uh, he's also in his first year of college basketball, and I've, I've said often, we've talked about it, I think the difference between the NBA and college basketball is the difference between baseball and softball. The rules are different. types of players you have are different. The things you can and can't do on the floor are different. Yeah. The NBA, there are restrictions about how you can play defense, you know, all of that stuff. 
And, and so it's a different game, and I think there is an adjustment period. A lot of NBA guys come to college and do not succeed because they're used to one thing. They're used to offenses where you have guys that are so athletic they can go do whatever they want. You come to college, you might have one of those guys instead of a team of those guys. And so there is this sort of disconnect between the two games, and it's going to take him time. It was never not going to take Mike Woodson time to adjust. Um, I just – when I've been disappointed, I've been disappointed because I think this team has a lot more potential than it has shown at some points. It's a lot more talented than we gave it credit for at the beginning of the year. And we've seen that on the fourth this year. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to do the raffle. Uh, before we do that though, there's a couple of people that I want to shout out. Uh, first I want to shout out Jeremy Gray, uh, who's over here. I don't know if he wants me to do this, but Jeremy. we're going to shout out Jeremy Gray, who I thought, Thank you. Great job in a, in a tough position today, replacing a legend, and did an incredible job. I thought you did a wonderful job. I love uh, that doing doing the PA, Jeremy. The sophomore Stop. shout out was fantastic. Way yes, to go, was. buddy! That was, was crowbarred that in there. I loved it. Excellent job. Um, so, two other people that I want to shout out. Obviously, our women's basketball team is having an incredible season, uh, and one yeah. of the things that we're trying, yeah, give it up for the women's basketball team. Uh, and they play Purdue. Tomorrow, if you're going to be around, I, I wanted to go to that game. Unfortunately, I have to take an earlier flight home, so I can't go. But if you can be at that game tomorrow, definitely try and be there because our women's team is incredible. It's so much fun watching them play. And it's always fun watching Purdue lose. Yes. Yes. Um, but one of the things we really want to try and do with the Back Home Network, which is the new network that we put together with us and with Galen, with Tony Adranya, uh, is try to give more coverage of you know the, the great IU teams that deserve it. And one of the, the great shows that we've added this year uh, is called Doing the Work. And so I want to recognize Kathy Amos and Coach Jeff Marlowe over there. Stand up. They are hosting uh, Doing the Work, which right now you can hear uh, in our podcast feed. Those shows are in our uh, the Assembly Call podcast feed. Eventually, we're going to get them their own. But they're doing a great job with it. Uh, so I highly recommend that. And, you know, I forgot to mention our meaningful moment uh, today is brought to you by our friends at the Hoosier Ticket Project. Where is Josh from Hoosier Ticket Project? He is over there. So is everybody here familiar with Hoosier Ticket Project and what they're doing? So it's really, if you're not, it's an incredible thing that they're doing, uh, which is basically, you know, serving as, as a way for fans who have not been able to get to football games and basketball games to get there by allowing fans who do have tickets and can't come to games to donate them. And then folks who don't, you know, have the means or the ability to get tickets, they match them up. Amanda is with Hoosier Ticket Project. Josh right there. Let's give them a round of applause. Um, because, you know, these are the types of endeavors that, to me, make this fan base and this community special. You know, I don't know how many fan bases have people doing what they're doing, you know, and going out of their way to make sure, uh, you know, that other fans can get to the game. Uh, but they've, you know, they've gone through all the legal stuff they need to do now. So now, you know, if you donate to them, it's, you know, it's tax deductible, all that stuff. So go talk to them because if you ever have extra tickets or if you just want to donate to help other fans get to the game, uh, they're doing a great job with it. Um, and we obviously fully support what they are doing. Okay. It is time to raffle off some items. So Ryan, Andy, yeah. coach, why don't you guys all grab an item? Not the balls that we're waiting for the players. Now, nothing we can keep, right? We're giving these away. Right. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. uh, and then we will, uh, who has the ticket so that we can choose the ticket for the raffle? Let's see who has, Chad, you want to go see who has the tickets? And, uh, and I, I did receive, uh, is that your mic? Uh, I believe uh, Anthony, Christian, and Jordan uh, are planning to attend. So they should be here. 
I think they're planning to come about 4.30. Okay. All right, so let's raffle off. Who has the t- Chad's going to get the tickets, right? Okay. So this, we are raffling off. This is a piece of old Branch McCracken Court, right? The old assembly hall floor. 76 to 95. Okay. Some good years in there. Some great years. Some great basketball. Okay, so Chad is telling us to stretch. I think we can do that. Oh, let's get a picture of this. There we go. Oh, so they got to tear them all apart. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. We'll wait. Okay. So let yeah. So we'll wait until they've got until they've got those torn apart. Um, I have not had a chance to look at a stat sheet. Are there any numbers that are worth oh, pointing out rock today? Rock. Yeah. Three point shooting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Galen tells me none, so we're not going to worry <laughs> about numbers. But let's let's look ahead. So what is coming up now for this Indiana team from a schedule perspective? Got at Northwestern, right? At Northwestern yep. is the next one. What's after that? At Michigan State. Home to Wisconsin. Yeah, Galen, Galen shared that he wagered on Nebraska today, which is really That's something a bold move to sure wager on Nebraska. Done, uh, but, yeah. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, next, next four, three on the road at Northwestern, at Michigan State, home to Wisconsin, at Ohio State. Okay. So, in these, so these next two games, both on the road, at Northwestern, at Michigan State, how important is it for Indiana to – I mean, obviously it's important for them to win and to kind of get, get going – but from a bracketology perspective, how important is it that they get another one of these road victories? Uh, we talked about this on the show a little bit the other night. It's, it, it's always – they've kind of got the monkey off their back in the sense that they don't have zero anymore. Yeah. Um, but the more that you can get, the better. And I think there's a couple – you look at Northwestern, you look at Minnesota. Those are maybe ones that you can get. You get the four road wins, you feel a lot better about uh, better about things. So I, I, would, I would highly advise them to get the Northwestern game. Um, one of these two – again, I don't think it's a disqualifier by any stretch – uh, I think it's a it's a quad two. None of none of the road games left are, are anything other than quad one or quad two. So um, I think that that feels like the one of this stretch, uh, at least of the next two, that is the most gettable and really the, the one of the next three road games. So if you figure, can you get that one? Can you get the one at home against Wisconsin? You go through this tough stretch two and two. You feel fairly good coming down uh, after that. Here's yeah. the oddity: uh, you get beat by Northwestern, they move up to a quad one because they're at 77, 78 net right now. That's that's the weird. They did part some work about on those arbitrary today, by the way they uh, yeah, the things they did in Nebraska. A, so. uh, higher than 75, that arbitrary cutoff. So it's a it, it'll be a nice win. It's always good. This team has been resilient too when they've had their their games at Penn State. When they've had their losses, they found it uh, and, and have have bounced back. And so I feel confident that. They're going to get another road win or two before the season's over. Yeah, they don't have a, the pattern has been lose and then win the next two. So yeah. that yeah. would mean wins no losing uh, streaks this year, right? Yeah. So far, no yep. losing streaks. Yeah. Yep, and that's key. Look, I, you know, it's it the, today's loss is a bummer because you know seventeen and five looks a heck of a lot better than sixteen and six. I don't mm-hmm. know, just you know aesthetically, it looks better. <laughs> but no, in the in the in the conference, you're looking at a much better situation if you pull this off today. And look through the first half, they really had a chance to. I, yeah. I, uh, Illinois came in. And I mean, did you see how frustrated Kofi Coburn was in the first half? Yes, After every miss. Plan he's in the first yelling half. about something on every single play. Even when he got the foul call, he well, was yelling at and himself. The thing is, he had a point on some of those. Of course, the officiating yeah. in the first half 
was terrible on both sides. Yes. Like they were calling fouls that weren't fouls, and the ones that were fouls, they weren't calling that them. Three, it was really that, bad. That When they called Parker Stewart for that foul on that three-point shot, I almost threw something. I was in the press area. You're not allowed to cheer, yell, or do anything. It was very <laughs> difficult in that situation. Yeah. Uh, the but shooter, it was bad both ways. The shooter the kicked half. his leg out. You know, I, I mean, I, it's, it's one of those, it's, And it's a point of emphasis they're supposed to look for, and he did exactly what they're supposed to look for, and he's like, nope, three shots. Well, like, on, on replay, he traveled before he did it, any well, of those I mean, things, That happened a lot. And Kofi, Kofi loves to shuffle his feet whenever he gets the ball, but he's an All-American. They're not going to call. So. I was going to surprise you guys and ask Bo Borowski. I had Bo and his crew to come over for a beer afterwards, but I texted him after the game, and I just said, you know, it's better you stay yeah, away. I, okay. There was a, lot, guys were there was really a lot of ill tonight. feelings toward him in here. I can speak to that. Yes, I do have something positive to say about Bo, though. No, don't. No, don't I do, do because where Chad and I were sitting very close, you could hear everything the players were saying. X could have been teed up a couple times today. And Brad Bo, Underwood should have been well, teed yes, up a few times today. Bo showed some restraint when I thought he was getting ready to tee him up. So I'll and, by the way, he Brad, Brad Underwood's got a little Fran McCaffrey in him. I'm, I'm yes. noticing that. Yeah, it's, but no, 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 no. Don't, no, I mean, don't, I, don't bring coach, up Fran Coach, I said he's got some. I didn't say he's like <laughs> I can't stand Fran McCaffrey. I know you I can't. Can. That's a drop can right I, there. Can I say That's bad words here? Is anyone bothered by bad words? Like, I have this shit list of coaches. And Fran McCaffrey is the captain of my shit list on coaches. I just don't like Fran at all. There are children here, Coach. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my poop kidding. list. Sorry, Damon. Um, yeah, don't say that. But, Brad, I bet I bet we do have to repurpose the, the visiting locker room because I, I'm sure there's some paint missing from uh, the halftime. Brad, Brad is known to be a hot-tempered uh, person. I thought another positive today is, you know, we haven't seen a lot of Michael Durr lately. Um, you know, and the last time that Michael Durr was called on in the Purdue game in the primetime moment, he stepped up and played well. And I thought in the first Thank half you. today, he stepped up and played well, you know, and I think every, you know, we've kind of gotten to the point. Everybody knows he can shoot it a little bit. He had that open three. Everybody was ready I, for him to take down. it. And it, it was, was down. down. And I know. And, I, you know, I thought he did a good job. You know, he did what your backup big man needs to do. And your all Big Ten big man gets, you know, a couple of the, early fouls as he came in and really battled Kofi. And, do you notice how Kofi came out at the 16-minute mark? They subbed him out yes. quicker and then got him back so he was fresh. Yep. Uh, the way Durr plays, I think maybe that's something that Indiana can go to. Even if it's just at, the tw- at like the two you minutes, know, 14 minutes. mark or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. quicker. I thought, I thought Durr did a good job, and Race even toward the end of the first half did a really good job. They forced Coburn to catch the ball out. So further. much further yeah. than what it was. I mean, there was no, and, and just so many times when Trace is on him. I mean, Trace's feet are already in the restricted area at the time he catches the ball. And at that point, it's over. And Race was, I'll say this, he got, the, you know, there's some guys who shot some threes over Race today. And that was because he had to help so much for everybody else. And Coach texted this. Yeah. He had to help so much off Kofi, on Kofi, and on other guys getting screened and everything like that. that he had to have roll so, replace. Yeah, it's and called he had roll to, replace. And he had to tag. Yeah, he so had the weak side tag yeah. and his guy lifted. And what you you know one strategy it leads to a late is closeout to, yeah. is to switch the backside. Yeah, take the corner guy and run up yeah, and take the that. roll replace. I think uh, it was a, you know that didn't make that adjustment. That happened to Lander at one point too on one of those, and he you know he actually contested the three, but he wasn't where he was supposed to be. You know, but it was a contested three, and the guy made it. I mean, it's sometimes you you do everything right, and the guy makes a shot. But I thought that uh, yeah, you're right. Race and Durr played about, as well as you can uh, in that situation. And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes it doesn't work out for you. But they didn't get help, you know, by, from everybody else throughout the game. What do you take away from Trace in a game like this? I mean, we know that this is a really rough matchup for him. It always has been. It is. Um, 
I take away that I think he's going to come out with his hair on fire against Northwestern because I think this was embarrassing for him. I think I think that it showed. Like I don't mean that like that was an embarrassing performance. I mean I think he was embarrassed that he's going up against the other premier big guy in the conference, and he got squashed. I mean he legitimately got squashed, and and we've seen that happen before against Kobe. He does not deal with his size well offensively especially he overshoots and he just got out of rhythm you know yeah well, sitting I mean, with those sitting, two fouls and then in the it start was a combination was, of things but yeah. even, even if he had played 35 minutes i don't think he's breaking 10 points maybe if he gets to the free throw line but he's not scoring from the field against kofi he never has um the the chance he had to do some damage when the backup came in early in the second half and they went right to him and he fumbled and he fumbled, passes. fumbled passes yeah, away yeah. he he you know when he did get a shot up it was off because he was just off in general but um i would say i think that that it, it, it's something where he's going to come out with, with, you know, on fire in the next game. I, I, it, or at least, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's going to make his shots, but he come out, he's going to come out wanting to establish himself very early in the next game. And, I, and that's right. You should try and bounce back after something like that. And let's be real. Northwestern doesn't have anybody to defend him. He should dominate that game. Yeah. Northwestern's been weird. They have. They've, they always are. I know. <laughs> is this the first ticket? That's the first ticket. This is the first ticket. Okay, so this is for the piece – of the assembly hall floor. Are those so, just all yours, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's read it off here. It is 201 201-7406. 201-7406. Hey, hey, Tony! Okay. A hundred tickets. Well, you deserve to win, sir. <laughs> all right. We will deliver that to you. Let's do another one. That was fun. Do you want to do the hat? Okay. Jared likes being a caller. I do. This is great. Okay. So this is, we've got this excellent uh, winter cap here. The bison abides with a cool uh, bison logo there on the front. Let's pick one of these out here. Okay. Here we go. And the next ticket is 201-7395. 201-7395 for the winner of the bison cap. 201-7395. Hey! Okay. We have a winner. You know, this makes the show so much easier. We can just give stuff away. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to come up with creative content just, uh, or anything. We it's, should do this every post game. Really? Just a rapid exit the next yeah. day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every time there's a loss, it makes them, it makes them feel a little <laughs> We'll read off numbers just Venmo stuff. people cash. Yeah. Like, so Chad has just Bitcoin. informed me that we have already raised over $800 in raffle tickets. Good job, guys. For Mother Hubbard's Covered. That is incredible. Um, and so you might see we have some blank balls over there. Uh, when the players come, we're going to have them sign the balls, and then uh, each will sign an individual one. They'll sign one as a group, and then we're going to raffle that off uh, as well. Uh, let's talk X. Let's talk X. I'm down to Mike, talk X. I, there, there, is, there are those players that uh, when you watch them at, at first, you, you, get, you get a little frustrated with them. You know, you go back to the Notre Dame game, but Xavier Johnson is a warrior. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and that that is just something that will help Indiana the next eight games. Uh, his shot selection is much better. Uh, his, his defense and his physical play, I just love that. And I, I know it sounded like Coach was upset with uh, maybe his play calls that he selected or something in the post game. But I tell you, I'm becoming a huge Xavier Johnson fan where I had some doubts early on. But you need that guy on the floor that will just battle, battle, battle. And he doesn't let anything get him down. He's uh, a street fighter. He, yeah, he, he is. And that, I mean, that's just something to be proud of um, wearing uh, Indiana Hoosier. Uniform. Well, and I marked down in my notes, you know, the second half, we came out flat. 
And it felt, like, it felt like X's defense where he was just getting all up in Trent Frazier and those two guys were going at it. It felt like that sparked us a little bit to, you know, to the extent that we got sparked, I guess, in the second half that was kind of, well, you know, without a lot of fire. But. I'll say this about X. I, you know, early in the season, he did a lot of silly things. And I think we all saw that, you know, getting, he, you know, allowing opponents to get him frustrated, you know, allowing uh, officiating to get him frustrated. You know, he, he act out on the court. Now he's the guy doing that to people. He's the one being the pest and annoying people. And it's it, you can tell he's he's like, oh, this is fun. When I'm on this side of it, yeah. it's fun. And uh, look, the guy has become rock solid. He's become, I think, Indiana's second best player right now. Uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is the – No, I think, I think he, he and Race are right there, but you, oh, need, okay. a per, you need a perimeter guy. <laughs> well, I figured that you were putting Trace third. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. No, <laughs> no I, I think that uh, – I think that it, He's more valuable right now than race is because you need an inside and an outside. And yeah. So it, that's not a knock on race. Race has not done anything to drop down. Xavier has jumped up. And, and uh, the way he plays, the way he's shooting right now, uh, that, that guy is, you know, and he also brings it every game where yes. other guys fade in and out. He brings it every single game. And don't you think he's consistent within the game? Like he's, yeah, you know, he's consistent. So can't hear. Okay. Consistent within the game. Galen got me yet. All right, back on. Okay. Um, I just think he doesn't let things bother him, you know? And, and that so mental different. piece of that yeah. technical files and all that stuff, I, I think that's gone away. So, Well, he's so frustrating for guys def- when he's playing defense on them. Like, he get annoyed. Yeah. Water would be great. And, you know, he had two huge plays in the second half. We're down 52-46, and he hit that three from the top of the key. Which Chad and I both look, it's one of those no, no, yes threes from X, but no one else was doing anything. So, sentiment here as well. Yes, but he's all he's earned a little bit of trust on those because he's made some of those in key spots and the outlet pass. So, you know, there was one possession, Trace really defended Kofi well, tough, forced to miss, got a really tough rebound, got it out to X, and he just fired that pass ahead to Jordan Geronimo for the dunk. Which, you know, again, kind of got everybody going. Jordan, unfortunately, had you know, was pulled out of the game pretty soon after that. But the vision to make the pass and the ability to deliver it is something we haven't had from point. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he had that. Time. He had that beautiful. I mean, the, the over the top pass to Trace too to start the second half. And you were just. I mean, that was, there was there was literally about a three inch window he could fit that into, and uh, he he nailed it. And and, and you know, I that, mean, he had a lob pass too. I think to that, Trace. That's that the one I'm really, talking about. Really that, good. That's what I'm talking about. It was about a, a almost oh, half okay, court. Yeah, yeah. And he had a very small spot. Oh, I thought he had one block the block too. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, where he tossed it up. And, and he's that, just been playing really, really well. And he's looking for that kind of stuff too now, as opposed to looking for bounce passes and things like. He realizes Indiana's got some pretty good big guys. Let's put it up, put it yeah. up there for him. All right. So let's. Uh, I, I'm just going to say to everyone out here, too, as the players, uh, when the players come, these guys are playing off the bench uh, from a coach's perspective. They're putting a lot into practice. They're getting limited minutes. Make sure we appreciate these guys that come in here at 430 because it's hard when you're a college athlete or any athlete on, on any program at any level to be that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth guy. Um, and, and so, yeah, we lost today, but I, I just want to point out that Coaches appreciate those guys that accept their role and, and get the minutes and do what they can with their minutes. And I think we got, uh, at, you know, if all four guys show up today, I think they're they're real examples of what we believe Indiana Hoosier basketball well, is you all know about. When, you know, when they show up, Coach, every single day in practice, too, Absolutely. is the other thing. Absolutely. And they're invaluable in that way. I know we don't like doing game balls after losses, but to make it an official show, we need to give one. Is there anybody besides X that you would give a game ball to? Um, you know what? I want to give credit to Michael Durr. I thought that he put he kept them in the game in the first half. I mean, when you're when your all American goes out, 
you expect a huge drop off. And when he went out, you you expect, all right, Illinois is going to go on a run here until Indiana maybe counters and figures it out. They did not. He for locked not playing it down. two games in a row. I thought he came out and. And did an excellent job, yeah, but, and but X is a clear cut. A clear, X yeah, wins it, but you know you want to give the hat tip to to Durr as well. I think for sure. Um, but to, to yeah. the audience, to the chat mob who's assembled here, game ball to X for today. X, okay. Race Thompson missed too many shots, even though he's the leading. It's scorer. never very exciting to game yeah. ball after game this. Uh, but let's talk who's your hustle award uh, real quick. I think we have the music for that, but now I don't know which one it is. That's okay. Do we know? To make it official, so we can get Bob Thompson's music in here. There we go. Music from the great Bob Thompson. Uh, I'm giving my Hoosier Hustle Award today. I mean, I think X would be a really worthy choice. I'm giving it to Miller Cop. Uh, I thought just being there live, watching him play, I again, I thought he was really locked in. Um, I thought he got a lot of 50-50 balls early. And just a couple of steals, yeah, one steal. and just wasn't really rewarded with anything offensively. Yeah, um, you know, and it just it, it felt like a game when he was going to do something and just didn't really get the opportunities to do it. Uh, so he gets it for me. Who gets your your hustle award? I'll ride with that. I think that's fair. I, I would say he or Durb just I was for gonna playing. Say Durb but also, uh, I, you know what? I do I do agree with giving cops something because I thought he played pretty well, and as you said, didn't get rewarded. And and if you're a player. If you play hard, all you want is a chance to do something more. And he didn't get the chance to do something more. They didn't run him in the right ways. And and it's it's frustrating. It's really frustrating because I think that he has it just, the ability to really help this team win. It especially doesn't make sense in the second half of a game like that. When you need a spark and you need shooting. And yeah, you need to balance their guy threes. who's been around the block. That seems like the kind of game where he can really help you. Agreed. You a know? lot like the Syracuse That's why game. It was frustrating to watch. Yeah. I, I yeah, it was a chance and they, they missed that opportunity. Only other guy I might throw out is Galloway. I thought, yeah, especially um, in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I thought in the first half they switched him onto Curbelo. I thought he frustrated him a little bit. He did a decent job defensively because we were stand, sitting here talking. Yeah, you know, Curbelo had really gotten. It was either Lander and or Parker Stewart at various times, and it was we we're kind of talking about maybe who you put on him. And I, I kind of half suggested Galloway. In the very next possession, he comes out and he's on him. I thought he did a good job. Um, he's proven to be somebody who's willing to take on some of those tough defensive assignments out there, and I thought he did. He did well with that. Just didn't feel like he played a lot in the second half. Missed that one floater um, that yeah. he's been making a ton of. In the, you know, he made he one early, yeah. Yeah, made one the first half, missed one the second. So he's yeah. the other guy I threw out for that. Yeah, and, and what I want to say about Galloway, too, and we kind of touched on this, but you know, when they play Purdue, I think he should start and guard Jaden Ivey. I think you change the starting lineup for that game and put him on Jaden Ivey because Parker Stewart cannot guard, guard Jaden Ivey. I and thought Parker Stewart defensively was better today. Today fight, he was fighting through screens. I mean, chasing when you're, when you're chasing on ball, but yeah, when you're ball. chasing shooters, it's easier to to disguise guys and to hide guys in defense. And and he and Cop both are fine when they're Cop. I thought was great against Purdue because what did he do? He chased Sasha Stanovich around and held him to one of nine from three. You know. That was always the defensive assignment I got back in the day. It says, says a lot. Says a lot, Jared. I guess that was says a lot. I, I know your high school coach. <laughs> I know why he assigned you that job. I, I, I think, though, I mean, there, there's different types of teams that are going to give IU trouble, right? But but a team like Illinois, who's really small on the perimeter, is among is among the, the types of teams who's going to give IU difficulty. I mean, quick in space. And you've yeah. Got, yeah. You've got some smaller guards who are really quick. IU really has X. Who's your core main perimeter defender. And then the other guys, it just becomes a little bit tough to figure out what you do. You have other guys who really can't contain people off the bounce and, and they're, 
And so if you're not going at them on the other end and trying to take advantage of the, and I thought they did that earlier. I mentioned that earlier with Ray Thompson. Like if you're not really going to try to find to, ways to take advantage of the fact that cop had, had a substantial size advantage on whoever they would have had guarding him. And some of those scenarios, it just, it just felt like they didn't take advantage of that. And so their weaknesses were accentuated based on the, Illinois personnel and the way that they played. The, the start that Parker Stewart had, and I know he missed some shots in the second. He got a couple shots. He got great That's shots in the second half. Right you got to keep going. Yes. When you get a hot shooter, find a way to run something and keep going and keep going and keep yeah, he going. Basically and then sat it opens until up until the second half, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Even, you know, it's so easy to second guess, but you're down 10, 9 to 12, and then our two starting shooters are on the bench. Uh, at that time, there's a little desperation. You're going to need some threes to get back in the game, and that couples with what we talked about. At the 4:30 mark, it was basically over today, um, yeah, because of the decisions. But um, I, I just, I'm a big Parker Stewart fan because that kind of shooting is is just difficult to find. And, and at a guard's game, you've got to utilize that to to maximize and give some take some pressure off of Race and Trace on the inside. Yeah, no, and he's got to do a better he, job of utilizing. As that. I said, he's a guy who feeds off that crowd too. When the crowd's ready to explode. Parker is ready to oblige, and he did that a couple times today. There was that one late that if that had gone down, probably would have changed the game a little bit. But uh, in general, he's a guy who, when the crowd is live, he's he's shown up and played well. And I, I will say that second half crowd was not the first half crowd. That I, I was texting you guys. I'm like, you can no, hear, we wanted, in the, everybody wanted to get in going. the middle the of play. Had something to do I, with I the agree. Too. I agree. It took the crowd out of it, but at the same time, like. Well, Illinois there was, just kept hitting daggers. Yeah, and there were a couple times where things got things got hot, 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 and then boom, hit a three and, and shut everybody up. Yeah, and it was it was a it was a down crowd today. I would say. All right, so we're gonna get we're gonna do some more raffles here in a second, uh, and we're gonna do uh, some lingering questions. But we want to get some questions from the folks who are here. We don't have a microphone, but if you want to ask a question, come up here and you can tell it to us, and we'll repeat it. Um, but we'd love to to get some questions from you all so that we can tailor the conversation to the stuff that you guys are interested in. One other thing I want to bring up, this is now, you know, we know with Trace, you know, energy is so important for him and yeah. how he plays. Yeah, and he really So in two, you know, two big marquee home games now, he's gotten into early foul trouble. He's gotten two fouls. He's sat. All right. We've had the whole conversation about the auto bench not. I thought this is where you're going to bring up the end of the game with three fouls. Is that not what you're going to No, do? well, here, but here's the thing. Like, I, you know, I get it in that, you know, Dirk comes in. You're able to buy minutes. You still have the lead. So I get why you want to keep the player. It, it kind of worked. It's kind of worked out for Woodson twice now. Except for the fact that with Trace, who's you know so dependent on energy, now in the Purdue game and the Illinois game, when he's come in in the second half, he's been out of rhythm. Yep. He's been Both out times. of sync. He never got so into the game. So when it happens that early in the first half, would it make more sense to try and get him three or four minutes somewhere? At the end of the half yes, or you something. risk him getting the third foul. But as you said, you know, sometimes you're just going to end with three fouls anyway. And especially for a guy where it's about energy, it just seems like he can't ever get back into the flow. Well, I would say, especially in a game where you're, you know, I mean, obviously when you're facing Coburn, you're at risk for getting that third foul immediately, you know, because yeah. he's going to get, you know. That they were going to go to him right away. Exactly. So maybe in this game you do hold him a little bit longer. But in a, in a game not like this, where he's not going up against the guy who may win Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah, but we saw Race guard him fine. Yeah, you it's know, true. So maybe you but, let Race but guard. We know him. the way Trace plays. He's going to go for the block. But they more have four guards out around yeah. Kofi, so now yeah. you got Trace sure. Jackson Davis out on a perimeter, and he got the you got the second foul on a perimeter shooting yeah. shooting the three. I think, I, mean, I, I think your chance to bring him, 
I'm just saying Trace's energy is so important I agree. to the team that when he doesn't have I get, it, okay, I get making the move today. Something. I get making yeah. the move today, but in general, I agree with you. Maybe get him three minutes at the end of the half or something like that because he also he's an All-American. They're going to protect him a little bit. Yeah, the officials I, are going to protect him a little bit. But I'll, I'll say, 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 say that, this, that knowing, knowing the results of him going against the backup big man from Illinois in the second half, I thought that was your chance to put him back in the first half. When they take yes. Kofi off the floor, okay. yes. I would agree then, with that. Then for maybe sure. you give yourself a chance because he's probably not going to foul. They're not going to give that guy the ball. But in the, in the post, officials are also to, not going to give that guy the benefit of the doubt. But you've also got to convert when you get when you have chances to go against him, and he didn't do that in the second half. That's not to say he wouldn't have done it in the first. But you're also, you know, really until the end of the half, were not not a comfortable margin by any stretch. But you were up enough where you could kind of talk yourself into, yeah. Well, we'll ride this out, ride this out, ride this out, but, and that's certainly what the case was in the Purdue. I know there's a lot of weight on Trace Jackson Davis every every night to be an All American, but Trace is in charge of Trace's energy. Uh, yeah, as a coach, you can kind of do something, but if you're an All-American, you bring All-American energy. Yeah, every game. It's not the coach's fault. If anything, use your energy wisely not to foul the guy. You know you got one. You know you're valuable. Play smart. The guy hits a two or a three. We go down on the other end. But but he was actually over-energized early and yes. fouled early. So, but... But you players, can tell he was looking forward to the matchup. When he came out, he wanted he wanted it right away. He uh, was aggressive. Play with some composure. But you got it, yeah. Right he did not play with composure, and then it, he let it affect him in the second sure. half. And that, that's not that he's a bad kid, bad player, but in a big game, that's on traits. Well, that's think, not on Woodson I, at all. I think the other thing they've done in those those two games, they did it again today, is to, to your point about rhythm, he sat the whole second first half. And then you want to go out in the second half and just force feed him the ball without really letting him get into right. any yeah, kind of there was flow. No, the there was no flow. I, I think there's an argument to be made there of do you do something different to really like let him slowly get brought along. On the flip side, you know, as Illinois did the very first possession, they're going to go out and try to ram it down his throat the very first possession, back him underneath the basket and do that. So you're you're inclined to say, well, I better get him the ball while I can because I don't know how long he's going to be out there. So there's arguments to be made on either side. But I also think that taking a guy who really hasn't been in the flow of the game and then – reinserting him and saying right out of the shoot, you're the focal point of the offense again. Go get back in the flow when you sat the last 16 minutes of the first half and, and through halftime is a little bit of a difficult position too. Yeah. All right, let's wrap talking about that. Let's just, okay. just let's just let, let's give some stuff away or something. Let's, let's, some just, let's have some fun. We're going to give some stuff away and we're going to answer some questions. So if you have questions, yeah, uh, come, come up. up. Okay. But I, I just like seeing so many faces that I've seen at the tailgate in the, in the fall. I look them out and I recognize a lot of people uh, stopping by. So again, this day's for you as well. What, what are we giving I away? For this all race? Of you guys. Are we giving away a t-shirt? T-shirt. Okay, we are giving away a T-shirt. It is 201-7941. 201-7941. Anybody? Do we have a winner? 201-7941. Anybody? Going once. Going twice. No. Oh, 201-7941 to those in the back if you can't hear. Hey, okay, to the gentleman in the white hat. All right, now, <clears throat> where's Kathy? Kathy's Kathy, right over here, yep. Kathy and Jeff are going to come pick the next one because we're going to raffle off the women's basketball. Okay. Did you, just, did you just buy some? Okay, so we got – and by the way, I want to I want to shout out uh, to Grace Berger, who, by the way, uh, a round of applause to Coach Marlowe for the Grace Berger show that he's been hosting. Uh which has really been terrific and given us some great insight on a historic season for our women's basketball team. And so we coordinated uh, with Grace and big ups to, to Chris Williams uh, for helping to make this happen. 
Um, you know, Grace, we talked about her being here. She wasn't able to be here for the show, but she got us uh, the autograph ball. It's got Coach Morin's signature, the player's signignatures. And so here we go. So, Oh, and happy birthday, Alexa Goldbay as well. So, so here we go. So I don't know how you guys want it. Did you already pick it? They already picked it. Okay, so this is for the ball autographed by Terry Morton and the women's basketball team. 201-7810. Oh. You look so excited. I wanted it to be you. <laughs> 201. To hey! But I'm so happy it's you. <laughs> That's awesome. 201-7810. Two zero eight seven eight two zero one seven eight one zero. Very nice. And again, support the women's team tomorrow if you can be there to watch them beat Purdue. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll get the question. Let's raffle off another item. Congratulations. Okay. So now we are raffling off a night with Ryan Phillips. Oh. <laughs> Throw your tickets away. Throw it back. Wait, what are we raffling off for this one? What are we doing for this one? No, we have something special for that. Do we have another piece of the floor? Well, I know. What is that? Oh, switchyard pack? Okay, switchyard pack. What's in it? A growler and a glass from switchyard. Okay. Oh, growler and gift card. And a $50 gift card to switchyard. Okay. It is 201. Seven six four nine two oh one seven six four nine. Hey, to the lady in the front sitting next to the Illinois fan. <laughs> question, I think we have got, his question. Got a okay. question down here. Let's get his question. You can still get raffle tickets there in the back, uh, and make sure that you check out our friends from Who's Your Ticket Project and Homefield Apparel over there as well. Do you have a question? Okay. And if you have more questions, come on up and let us know. So, you want me to go? Yeah, what's the question? All right, so the question is from Chris. All right, Chris. Uh, could have also come in from Scott Caulfield. Tough to say. No. <laughs> um, but he said, given given TJD's struggles versus bigger guys, should he at least attempt some jump shots in these games? I mean, I think you saw today, obviously, Coburn and anybody that Illinois had on him was playing so far off of him. I think Ryan even mentioned – um, the Woodson said something in the in the post game about you know he takes threes in practice he's comfortable doing that but he's not comfortable doing it in games. Um, so how much is it worth just him taking some of those shots to try to draw opposing big men away from the basket? So I mean that was the question. I, I thought Chris. at the beginning of the season he was looking at the basket more when he would catch it at the elbow or out wide. Today he didn't even look at the basket. I mean he was just kind of a non-threat, and so you don't even the defense doesn't even have to pay attention to him. So at a minimum. It feels like just squaring up, you know, and looking at the basket, whether you're going to drive, whether you're going to shoot. Um, you know, I get it. If you're not comfortable making them, it's tough to tell a guy, well, you need to go out and take them. Um, but I do think you could at least present yourself as a threat. So it, it, it was interesting because Illinois guarded – it didn't matter who was in the game, though. When when Race and Geronimo were playing together at the end of the first half, they played off Race the same way. When Durr was in, they played off him the same way. Um, so I don't know that that's even a TJD-specific thing, but Coach, it looked like you had – no, I would like to see him hit that elbow jumper, uh, you know, and, and bring people out a little bit. I'd also like to see some more pick and pop. And I know he's not a great three-point shooter, but 
again, the college game has fours and fives that can stretch the floor. And Race has done that recently. But uh, I think Trace needs to do that into his comfort zone, 15 to 18 feet. I don't think it's a three-point shooter uh, yet. Yeah. But you can still pick and pop to range. And, and I would like to see that just so teams have to see that on the film and then, you know, have, have a defense set for that. And then we mentioned in our text exchange, catch that, uh, do a Sigma move, shot fake, and then drive. Uh, I, I do think that I would like to see a little bit more of of him shooting. Well, and I think even some of the times it's not like he's got a catch and shoot it right from where he catches the ball. I mean, they're giving him space to take a dribble or two into that yeah. elbow. So if you catch it at 18, that's one thing. That's not where you have to shoot it from. They're playing so far to, off. To Chris, I think, too, that's what makes Michael, the offense, look a little different when Durr's in the game. Like, Durr can hit that 18-footer. He's done it in several spreads games. The floor a lot, and he spreads yeah. the floor, and he took that three and just missed today on that three. But that's that pick-and-pop five, a four and five, that I really think Indiana, yeah. And, and uh, Duncan, once he gets some weight on him and some muscle, you're going to see Logan Duncan be able to hit that 15-footer, even a three-pointer. I think you'll see Coach Woodson down this year in the years to come have more of a, a, a shooting four and five. I think that's what he wants. That's what the NBA runs now. I mean, you get got big guys who can play out on the perimeter. Uh, you know, India's had that before with a few guys, and and uh, when they had it, the offense flows better. Thomas Bryant could step out and hit a shot. Now he was going to knock down thirty five percent, but he could. He, he had a threat from out there, and had other guys who could do it too. I mean, Cody could play out on the perimeter. I mean, usually what he would do was maybe a fifteen footer, but he wasn't sitting out on the three point line. But you've had guys that can that can do that, and it does change your offense. It changes what you can do. And at the next level, it changes what you can do, too. So uh, I think that that's the kind of guy Woodson's going to go after. And, uh, you know, we'll see how much success he has in grabbing him. But I, I think that's that's ne necessary. And uh, somebody, somebody asked about that in the post game too, is, is why isn't Trace, you know, when Coburn isn't going to guard past 10 feet, isn't guarding anybody. He just hangs out in the paint. And they said, well, you know, why isn't Trace stepping out and maybe taking some shots? And Woodson said, well, he doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And you know he said I, I I he almost implied like I wish he would try it at least yeah but he said he said you know he's not comfortable doing it so you know he doesn't do it Illinois was going over a lot of ball screens that's yep. a compliment to X that yep. he's been able to sit behind that ball screen yep. sit down and hit that knock some shots but that's down. also they were daring him to come in yep. and shoot that pull up jumper well, you know you got one but you know you've got not that enough to win I mean Kofi Coburn is a sizable battleship back there. Like, you know, he's just going to sit there and, and wait for somebody to come in. They're just going to funnel people into him. And and even if he doesn't block your shot, it's the thought that he might affects everything you do. And you saw that from Trace today. He beat Coburn a few times with a hook, but because he's so worried about getting his shot blocked that he overshot it, shot it off the middle of the backboard instead of instead of going right to the hoop. What's he doing here? It, it's, it's mediocre is that, is, that, is, that a, is it a live mediocre question? Here it yes, comes. it's a live, live mediocre, mediocre question. question. Can you hear the music? Am I good? Oh, I mean, the I music can... is kind of low. Did that do it? Okay. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Play it again. No, no, we're good. No, we're Jay, good. We heard it. It's fine. All right, so Jay's mediocre question. Jay, what's your question today? I obviously don't want to talk about videos. What happened today? Okay, so, okay, okay. we're good with that. Tell your first memory of Assembly Hall. Oh, okay. Your first memory of Assembly Hall. Well, mine, I was, you know, 23. So uh, <laughs> I'll start. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. More time to drink. No, uh, my, I will say this. My first Big Ten game in Assembly, I don't remember what I did, uh, you know, preseason or, or non-conference my first year at school. My first Big Ten game 
was seat one, row one, on the floor under the basket against Michigan. That was my first Big Ten game. So literally right in the middle under the basket was my first Big Ten. The next one, I was in the last row corner of the balcony. My buddy who was with me is here, uh, and I couldn't walk to my seats by standing. Yeah. Nice. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, I, I couldn't quite remember the year because Chris had asked me to do this a couple years ago, and he and I, I narrowed it down to two, and he and he ended up giving me ticket subs for both. Um, I have a great aunt that lives in Richmond, Indiana, who's 90 years old, and when I was probably eight or nine, she would get tickets from somebody from a bank that she worked at, and they were like floor seats kind of behind one of the benches. And so we went – I know we saw Illinois and Michigan at various points in like the – 87 88 range yeah um and so it was one of those that's the first game that i remember going to uh obviously a lot of good mem- memories in in school and, and a really good memory even a, a more recent one of being able to take my kids for the first time even though that like today ended in a loss um uh, but even going like i took my dad for the first time he'd been in a while and it was when yogi broke the assist record and uh we just had an awesome time going and doing that so probably too many to name just one but the first one is 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 one of those ones against those old like Michigan and uh, Illinois teams, which were uh, which were good games. We were talking about that here earlier about just what like the rivalry that Illinois and IU has been over the course of time, and it was uh, kind of died for a while there, and then has sort of come back and fade, you know gone in and out. Yeah, That's, that was still my, lingering. As the elder statesman of this group, uh, tell gra- us about 1945. Grandpa, <laughs> oh my God. In 1945, no. Um, <laughs> But I grew up watching the 76 Hoosiers uh, in, in middle school, uh, freshman year, 81. And then I was fortunate enough to come down here in the fall of 85. And I was here for a championship in 87. But watching that and, and you know, Martha, the mop lady, uh, has been a crush of mine ever since I was like seven. To this day, it's unrequited love. <laughs> it is absolutely a, a beautiful romance with, with Martha, the mop lady. Um, when, when that would come on the TV, I was just memorized, mesmerized. But... My freshman year, that first game, I, I had not been in Assembly Hall. And then walking down from right quad across from the library and walking in and then hearing the band play, it just was it just sends chills. But I'm so old enough, I don't know who it was against. I, I think Chris and I have tried to figure it out. It might have been Kansas State uh, back in uh, a non-conference game. But there are so many great memories of walking in that building uh, and watching Indiana basketball. But it was it was awesome that first trip down and, and I'll never, never forget that. They're showing the Purdue Michigan game up here and they just flashed up on the screen, Purdue's final four teams. And all they had to do was a split screen. Cause there's only been two of them. <laughs> that amused me. Um, they hang banners for that in West Lafayette. Yeah. yeah. Um, my first memory, I mean, I started going to games in the late eighties. Uh, my, my dad was a, a coach under uh, Bill Mallory. And so they, you know, you coaches, never brought that up before. Yeah, the coaches got really good seats. <laughs> and my mom went with him at first. But there was a game where Bob Knight, like, really got on Delray Brooks. And I think he, like, grabbed Delray Brooks' jersey. And my mom said she would never go to the game to a game again. Wow. She was not a Bob Knight fan. But her loss was my game because then I got to start going to games. Um, and I know I saw games before this. But while we're commiserating about losses to Illinois, the Don't. first – well, Don't. I know, I know – the first actual memory where I can really remember is when Nick Anderson hit the shot. What are you? Because, why, well, why? it just, it's a it's, shot. We don't refer to it as the shot, no, but in, in Bloomington, it left a mark um, when you're a young kid. And, you know, Jay Edwards heroic sometimes get forgotten. Yeah. 
Calvert Chaney is my favorite all-time player. Jay Edwards was my first IU basketball. He's the first one you fell in love Just, with. Just, I mean, he was amazing. So going to games and watching him play, it was it was incredible. Good, so good, good question, no, Jay. No, don't say that. It, no, was, it was a mediocre, mediocre question. No, that was a good question. It was a question that was that was totally mediocre. His question, Ryan. Qu- question that lets you bring up a terrible memory yeah. for many of us. He's talking. I'm not talking. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to listen to this question. This is the fun part where Ryan pretends he's not going to interrupt this guy asking the question. I'm interrupting him right now. That's what I do. It's right now, technically. It seems like this. Yeah. Well, Andy, uh, sometimes when I'm bored at home, I just interrupt myself and act like I'm Ryan. It's, uh, it's what, would, what would Ryan do? Uh, he'd interrupt someone. Yeah, okay. It's what I do. Myself and... Coach, we can talk quick practology. Uh, no, West okay. Virginia just lost to Texas Tech, so they're definitely out. West right Virginia's now, right? definitely out. Okay. See, there we go. Okay. We'll, we'll do his first, and then. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll ask do... the question, get hers. And we'll, yeah, yeah we, so, okay, we only so have this... the capacity to remember one question at yeah. a time. Yeah. So, so we're not smart to remember more than one. So the question is from Ryan, and he said, you know, in recent years, We've seen this Indiana team around this time of year, it kind of starts to unravel. And one loss will turn into two, and two will turn into three. We obviously saw it last year. We remember what happened in Archie Miller's second year. Let's be fair, the schedule's coming up is tough. Right. Yeah. So his so question is basically really great follow-up to Nick Anderson shot that you want to recount the last few years. Well, it's just <laughs> drink up and let's get all the bad memories out of the way right now. Um, so what does this team need to do to prevent that from happening, essentially, to make sure that this loss doesn't snowball into something more? With a difficult schedule coming you have up, to, in you have to play with purpose in every single game. You got to come out games on fire. You have to know that that is a dangerous thing that could happen. That you could fall into a rut, and you cannot afford a losing streak at this part of the season. You just can't. You need to be able to staunch the bleeding of those losses. Ryan, I'll say that we need better offensive execution, whether that's, that's obvious, by the players yeah. or whether that's a coaching staff making play calls. This was an offensive loss uh, from my vantage point. We play our rear ends off defensively. I know we gave up some points late, but but credit Illinois for some shot making. The one thing I'll say to give you a, a little bit of pause where I finally have gotten to some comfort with this team is when you guard, you're going to win games. Uh, if, if we if we go on a, on a losing streak here like we have in the past, it's more because of the offense. But this team really guards, and, and Woody gets them to come back. Uh, so I feel pretty confident that we're not going to go on a four or five game losing streak. Uh, we may lose a couple, maybe three, but at some point he has a way of getting these guys to play and bounce back a little quicker than previous coaching staffs. Yeah, I, I would. Great I would, question. I would echo what Coach said, just from an offensive standpoint. Like that's where they got to get stuff figured out. I mean, we can, you know, get with thirty-four points in the first half. Everybody felt fine because you're up. You're up to. You're doing okay. Give up forty in the second half. That's not dramatically different. No. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of you know score. 21 so, points in the second half is just yeah. not acceptable. You're just not going to beat especially anybody. at home. If that happens on the road, you think you know, but at home you can't do that. You got to outplay them. Yeah, they they just got to find some answers there, and 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 it, it, I feel like a lot of that is the same stuff we've talked about so many times, just in terms of being able to run stuff and not be so dependent upon can you know one or two guys just really go off. And how do you really have a, a cohesive plan? And I just felt like even coming out of timeouts today, there was too many times where. There was one where they, they called one, and then it's like – I think he was even Illinois called the timeout, but they came down, Geronimo, you know, makes a pass, just kind of throws it away. There just wasn't an angle to do a high-low entry yeah. to that. It just it just didn't feel like even out of timeout today they were able to get anything. All right, we got one more question, then we're going to give away some more stuff because we still have a lot of stuff to give away. But we got to get to Anna's question. We got to get ahead on that. We do it. We will. So we'll take Anna – she, she's asked the question that everybody's been thinking about. We got called out by Jess Settles on a Big Ten Network broadcast for talking about this. 
Anna wants to know if we should change the starting lineup. Well, whether we think he should change the starting lineup or not, he is very clearly not going to change the starting lineup, barring an injury. So yes, here's how you manage that. You Quick don't need subs. to finish with the same lineup you start with, and you don't need to have that same lineup in the together. The starting lineup for never plays together again. Yeah. Like outside of the start of half, who he starts, and this is this is very clear with Mike Woodson. He starts veteran players who are respected by their teammates. Yes, it is not a situation where you start your five highest performing players at the moment. Some he doesn't play to matchups. He starts the five guys who are veteran, and their teammates at their positions are the most respected. Miller Cop, Parker Stewart, uh, Xavier Johnson, Race Thompson. Jackson. We all respect those guys. They all play very hard, and they do they do specific things that should help you uh, score points. The lineup I, makes sense. It on makes paper. sense on paper. It doesn't work great. But here's the thing: at the four minute timeout, if they start slow, he needs to bring in at least one sub, sub maybe quicker. two. Yes, bring in if, if they're like uh, I, I, we, I was texting you guys today with the way that second half started. I said Trey Galloway needs to be in this game. Yeah. They need some energy. They're very flat. Bring in Trey. Maybe bring in. Uh, Geronimo or something and switch it up. Maybe take take Trace out for a minute, give him a second to think about it, put Race in there at the five and, and put Geronimo in. Get some bounce, get some energy, get some guys who can do some things and mix it up. So it's not about the starting lineup. Everyone's obsessed with the starting lineup, and and, and it happens every year. They're always like, well, should this guy be starting? Starting lineup doesn't matter. Who plays the most is what matters. Who finishes games is what really matters. And so, again, it's more about when do you get out of that group than do you change that group. When do, you, when do you start mixing in new players? Yeah, I, I guess where I've come with this, you know, it's like you look at the data and everything, and the data suggests that that lineup shouldn't be playing as much together. But I think, you know, what you said is right. You know, Mike Woodson, he has shown that he's going to err on the side of veterans, and I think he's kind of building an ethos with the program of we're not going to panic, we're yeah. not going to overreact, we're going to kind of stick with the course, and I'm going to trust guys. And so in that sense, keeping the starting lineup how it is does make some sense. And now that it's gone on this long, might send the wrong message. Yes. You know, and so I'm kind of fine with it it as well. Yeah. Now, I would like to see maybe it get used a little bit differently and get guys shots. But I'm starting to think that with how he's building the program, it kind of makes sense to keep it. Uh, Yeah. I've kind of to the point where I I don't. I've, I've given up on the notion that whether I agree that that's good or bad, I'm kind of like Ryan. It's it's not going to happen. Where I where I agree with Ryan, much to my chagrin. Oh, here it comes <laughs> is that uh, Ryan is always right. Is always. To, well, let's not get ahead of time. Um, proves it so. But but it's more getting out of it quicker. It, it it just you know again today today's game is a perfect example. I I don't know when they subbed. It was a timeout at 10:53 left. So at a minimum, I they guess. played the first 9:07 where those guys were out there and and none of us would argue that the first half was going well in that stretch and it just didn't make sense and i think that's partly why x gets taken out at the end i mean i know he talked about Sarge's not playing well or whatever well he's out there busting his ass for you know 15 minutes before he gets any kind of break at all and then it just kind of wears on everybody instead of doing that so i think my bigger gripe is not necessarily with the starting lineup and maybe like i said that's just because i don't think it's going to change at this point it's just more with you got to see when it's working and see when it's not and be able to pull the ripcord a little bit sooner before you, you get too far down. Yeah, I'm just big on better, different combinations. Uh, get, and and we need that. And they, he's been trying different he's been combinations. Trying, but get different combinations. Put Tamar in a place where he can succeed. And, and when Trace is in the game and X is in the game and you have Tamar, Tamar's going to be able to do better things than yes. when you do that five-man rotation. So it's more 
the starting lineup, the fire, I think it makes noticed, sense to go Galloway, but I, I do think the quicker subs and then rotate people in, don't, don't mass sub. Yeah, the, the line changes have kind of gone away, but yeah, he still winds up with the second unit all in right. together, which is fine yeah, if it's for gradual, two minutes. But it's yeah. still ended up in the first yeah. half. That's still yeah. how it ended up. No, like, when, you, when you're ready to you move. stretch it out over time, yeah, but it's, you're still getting to the same end Yeah, point. exactly. Okay, so we're going to get some stuff away. We will I'm going we'll to get something. to your question. Yeah, get his question. Um, I'm so going to pick something. The first thing that we want to do, though, before we do a raffle ticket, so, Joel, raise your hand, Joel. And where is Julie here? Okay, so Joel's wife, Julie, she knitted these incredible scarves over here. And so the red and white scarf, we are going to give this one away to the person who traveled the farthest to get here, but not him. Not me. I don't count. Not my parents either. And by they the can't way, count. Richie, you encouraged this by wearing all this big lead stuff in the yeah. front row. Look at that. You encouraged Big lead.com, everybody. Check it out. <laughs> no, it's no. a fantastic website. So who, Somebody think, here who works thinks for they it. might be here from the farthest away? Who do we have? Where's he from? Okay, New York. We've got, we've got a New York. Where? Orlando. Orlando. Does anybody, Orlando, can anybody map that yeah, real we quick? Need, Data? We have two. Are we going yeah. flight miles have, or drive miles? We need to, what of Andy's spreadsheets. Okay, we've got New York and Orlando. If I know Jen, the Jen came from Houston. Coach and I would know. I got that flight aware thing on my on my laptop. 12th Street. Okay, we've got 12th Street. Anybody else come from from far away? So we've got New York and Orlando. What's what's farther away? I mean, Someone, we, can, we have two scarves. Oh yeah. Should we do the other one? Should we do both of them? I don't know what your plan was. You're the boss. Okay, I think that's a good idea. So for okay, so New York and Orlando. Anybody? Any and there are other people travel that want to put their name in. Going okay. once, but but whoever's farther needs to get the red and white one. Well, I mean, I mean, what are we talking about? Like Jen's here from Texas, right? That's not further than New York, is it? Is I don't it? know, Magellan. Do you think it's? Okay. I don't know. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. We've got Houston. New York and Orlando. Let's let's get the data, and let's. let's the yes, we're gonna get the next thing to give away, and then we'll come back. We'll do that. Okay. Uh, let's let's draw a raffle ticket. Chad, you on Chad. this? Oh. Okay. What, what let's get away? Uh, here. A Mike grab. Woodson mask. Oh, we have a Mike Woodson mask. Okay. Let's do the Mike Woodson mask. So here we go. This mask. We're raffling this off right now. The number is two zero one seven seven eight three. Two zero one seven seven eight three for the Mike Woodson mask. Oh, okay. Two zero one seven seven eight three. Anybody? No, someone may have, may have left. Okay, let's draw. It. Last call for two zero one seven seven eight three. Anybody? Oh, we got it. No, he's coming to ask a question. Okay, let's pick another one. Where are the tickets? Let's draw another one. Okay, for the Mike Woodson mask. 201 7872. 201 7872. Is that you? <laughs> Here we go. 201. Okay, 201 7872. Congratulations. What's your name? Angela. Very cool. Thanks for coming, Angela. She got the mask. Yes. Yes, uh, we have a ruling. Uh, it's Orlando and then Houston. Orlando and then Houston. Okay, Orlando, come on down. Come on down, Orlando. And then Houston, come on down. 
That looks good. That's, yeah, it's that's a valid question, Joel. We're not here. <laughs> wait, wait, Joel said something valid. Yeah. If if, if Hooperazzi said something valid, we all need to go buy lottery tickets. Yeah. So we'll uh we're gonna do one more raffle. Okay, we're gonna do one more raffle, and then our player guests are here. Uh, so let's do okay. Let's do the T-shirt. Two zero one eight zero five eight. Two zero one eight zero five eight. Eight zero five eight. Eight zero five eight. Two zero one eight zero five eight. Anybody going once? Going twice? No. Let's draw Chad. Let's draw another one. Two zero one eight zero five eight. No. Okay. 201 Uh 201-7326. 201-7326. Oh. Oh, you're 5'8? Oh. Okay. There's there we go. The, there's two of the shirts. Just give the other one to the other person. If, yeah. if they come up. If yeah. they come up. Okay. There you go. And what then, was the other one? 201-7326. Anybody 7326? Somebody's gonna find it. Somebody's got like twelve. You know, they, they got that big room. Yeah, no. seven Gotta three. Give it time. Hey, and two, by the way, six. our friends from Hoosier Ticket Project are doing a silent raffle over here too. We forgot to mention that earlier. So make sure that you go over there uh, and check them out. Hoosier Ticket Project. Anybody for two zero one seven three two six? Seven three two six. No. Anybody? Okay. Well, that's cool. We will. We will hold that. Two zero one seven three two six. Hey, oh, there we go. There we go. Seven three two six. Okay. T-shirt. Come on down. So, Jared, for the players, you want gonna, us to? We're bu- we're bouncing, yeah, we'll right? bring we'll bring all three of them up okay. here. All right. Very cool. So, everybody, let's stand up and stretch. Stand up and stretch. Get a drink. Order some more food. You liked us, but you're here for one reason, one reason only, and they're coming. That's right. That's right. So, our player guests are here. We're gonna bring them up. I believe we have Anthony uh, and Christian and Jordan here. Do you guys, yeah, you guys can bring them in. I think they're over there. No, let's bring all three. Are there four? Okay, go find out. All right. By the way, big hand for the Switchyard crew for everything that they've done today. They've been incredible hosts. Incredible hosts for us. Galen, how are you doing? Fine. Yep, good. Very good. I'm fine, Jared. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? Galen highly recommends the pizza here. I, the pizza's the way, very everybody. good, I, I have to say. Every yes. time we ask him about pizza in Bloomington, Switchyard gets a... I don't steer people wrong when it comes to food. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right. Our player guests are here. Hey! All right. Yeah. Anthony, good to meet you, man. Jordan, what's up, Christian? Thanks for coming, guys. All right. Yeah, so put your headsets on. You should be able to hear. Move that board over a little bit. Thank you. You guys hear okay? Yeah. All right, excellent. Thank you guys for coming. Really, I know uh, you know 
today's game didn't go how we all wanted, but I appreciate you guys still being willing to come out here and, and hang out with us. No so, problem. No problem. Yeah. That you have. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was, uh, you know, it was great working with you to, to set all this up. And uh, do you know what the number is right now for Mother Hubbard, how much we've raised? How much? So we're, yeah, so we've raised over $850 just from the raffle, a lot more from people uh, buying food. And I was, you know, telling everybody when Anthony and I were first talking about setting this up, that was one of his you know, kind of stipulations, you know, for doing is making sure that we supported uh, a local Bloomington charity. So, so far we've done that and it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So look, let's get, let's get this out of the way real quick, you know, kind of talking about today's game. Cause that's what, you know, we've spent some time talking about today's game. Obviously it didn't, you know, didn't go how we wanted, you know, what are your guys thoughts? We'll start with you, Anthony, just kind of coming out of, of this game and maybe what didn't go, how you guys wanted it to in the second half. Uh, honestly, I mean, we, we didn't play to our, our highest potential and I think that showed, but, you know, we win as a team, we lose as a team, and we really just got to get ready for Northwestern now. You know, yeah. The league's not going to wait up for us. We dropped the game, but we, now we got to go get on the road and try to focus on Northwestern. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, what were your thoughts on the action? You obviously had that huge play in the second half, the the dunk where you kind of sprinted ahead. And what were your thoughts on the second half? Um, I guess for the second half uh, specifically, it didn't really, I guess, go as well as we wanted to go. Like what Anthony said, we didn't play to our potential. Um I felt like uh, there's things that we could have done to better our situation, but things didn't go as planned, obviously. And uh, but you know, like Anthony said, uh, we can't really dwell on this loss because you know the Big Ten, you know, is a is a really you know high high, high competition league. So we gotta yeah. get ready for the next game. So that's all our thoughts right now. We're learning from this game and just trying to take what we can that we learn. You know, help better us into the next. Uh, no, next game. Yeah. And Christian, you got some quality minutes today against, you know, obviously a team that's got some really good guards out there. Mm-hmm. What was it like playing against those guys? Um, it was a pretty good experience. Um, I just got to keep learning, um, keep working every day, and then my work is going to speak for itself. All right. So what do you say we flush talking about the Illinois game now, huh? Let's, let's forget about the rest of that game. Let's, let, let's, let's forget about that. So I'm, I'm curious, all three of you guys, what are you, what are you studying in school? I'm studying so, business. You're studying business? Yes, sir. What about you? Uh, I'm studying environmental health. Environmental health? Really? What got you interested in that? Um, just, uh, I guess, coming to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was just exploring my options with my academic advisor. And I just ended up being in that field to now. And that was really interesting. So I just trying to pursue it. Yeah. Very cool. And Christian, what about you? Uh, sports marketing and management. Sports marketing and management. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is Gary Sales still doing sports marketing and management? Mm-hmm. He is okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I did. I took a few classes with uh, with Gary Sales when yeah. I was here. Very cool, very cool. Um, you know, Jordan, I wanted to ask you. You know, you obviously are not from Indiana, and both right. Christian and, and Anthony are. What has it been like for you, kind of being in Bloomington and you know, a place this crazy about basketball? Uh, it's been a great experience, really. Um, coming from you know an East, East Coast kid, obviously, and uh, just coming. So I went to a boarding school in New Hampshire. Yeah. So I'm from Jersey to New Hampshire to here, just, you know, getting all these different, I guess, cultures. And coming here, you know, to this, you know, to this, uh, to this school is just really a really big eye-opener, I guess. Uh, like you say, you know, the schools are really crazy about basketball. These fans are crazy about basketball, and so am I. So, you know what I mean? So it meshes well, you know what I mean? So. What was your, like, welcome to Indiana moment where you're like, okay, things are a little different here? I guess I would say... It's not really like uh, a crazy moment, 
but uh, I, I remember saying this uh, one time in an interview, but like, I remember when I came into uh, the graduate hotel, uh, that's where I was staying at, and like, I would see how the hotel was so like engineered towards basketball, geared towards basketball. Like, I look at the carpet uh, when I would walk to my room, there'd be basketballs on the floor. And I remember, uh, I think it was Brian Walsh at the time who was uh, taking me like to our room, me and my parents to my room, and he explained how the tear the chairs. There's pictures of chairs like going down a hallway. People like will be like, oh, that would represent, you know, Bob Knight throwing the chair down the, the court. And I was just seeing like these little like things, like, you know, that just really showed me, oh, this school's a basketball school. You know what I mean? Like it's a place I want to be because, you know, I love, I love basketball. So, yeah. yeah. What does it mean? You know, obviously you guys all came in together along with Trey, you know, Trey, Christian, Anthony being from here. What does it mean kind of having those guys who are from Indiana to, you know, kind of help you make that transition? Um, it's been a lot, a lot of help, a lot of great help. Just show me the ropes, uh, you know, just show me, you know, where things are at, you know, who people, like, who's people I should know. Uh, they've, been, they've been really helpful, you know. And Anthony, obviously for you, you know, playing in Bloomington especially, you grew up here, played high school ball here, now you're a Hoosier. What is the, what is the best part about staying home, playing basketball for Indiana, and what is maybe the – you know, the part that, that is maybe a little bit more of a struggle or, or something unique, you know, for you being from here? Honestly, there's no downsides for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting everything that I want out of this. So, uh, I mean, it, it means the world to be able to put that jersey on every time. And I've said that a lot, but it really does because growing up is literally a dream. And now that I get to do it, it's something I try to, to make sure I'm not taking for granted. So I, I just go as hard as I can every day and try to be the best teammate I can be and, you know, help us win no matter what that is. And, that, that, that's definitely the best side, just being able to contribute to winning whatever way I can. But I honestly don't think there's any downsides. I love it here. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to to kind of get your mindset. Obviously, you know, it's been an interesting season for you from a playing time perspective. You had your first start and, you know, you played a lot of minutes in some games and there have been others, obviously, you know, when when you haven't. How do you and, – and everybody's noticed, you know, on the bench, you're the first one up, you know, cheering guys on and being supportive. How do you maintain that attitude and that positivity, even as you know your playing time can fluctuate? Uh, honestly, a lot of it comes naturally, but I'd say anytime where I start to question things or I just have to remind myself, like, like don't be selfish, dude. Like, look where you're at, look at the opportunity you have, and just you know, knowing that the work that I put in is going to show and, and that type of stuff. I just try to be able to support my teammates whenever I can, and, and if that's in the first one off the bench or giving them all side fives, that's all I'm gonna do. But uh, anytime you, you, I catch myself, you know, questioning or having doubts, I just like take a step back, like look where you're at, like trust what got you here, and, and trust that it's going to keep getting to the next level. So yeah, I just try to, t to take everything, you know, take it all in and appreciate all I have. Yeah, you know, I do a, a show weekly with Tamar, and we were talking about that in our last episode, you know, and he was talking about how you guys on the bench really talk about it and make it a point mm -hmm. to bring that energy, you know, and make sure that you're doing that. Um, and obviously, it's it's really important for the team to yes, do that. Yes, sir. We've all we've all bought in, and, and we're excited to you know, just keep getting better together. Yeah. And Christian, you obviously are from Evansville. My favorite Hoosier of all time, Calvert Chaney, is from Evansville. As you were growing up, and I know you didn't go to the same school as him, but how aware were you of Calvert Chaney growing up in Evansville? Um, very aware, um, especially when I started to get a little bit better. Um, they were like Calvert Chaney, Calvert Chaney, Calvert Chaney. So. I learned a lot about him as I got a little bit older. But when I was younger, I really didn't know much about him. Yeah. Who were the guys growing up that you, you know, kind of patterned yourself after, modeled your game after? Um, I watched a whole lot of Allen Iverson. Um, 
watched a lot of Chris Paul. Um, I watched a lot of Colin Sexton. Yeah. Um, I like Colin Sexton's drive a whole lot. He has, a, he has that dog in him. Um, those are the main people that I watched for sure. Um, it, you know, one of the things that, you know, we were talking about here before you guys showed up and that we've talked a lot about on our show this year is how much Mike Woodson or Coach Woodson seems to put on his point guards, you know, and how much he expects of you. What is? Can you give us kind of some insight into what it's like playing point guard for Mike Woodson? Um, it's a very, very hard task, um, but I'm all for it. I knew it was going to be hard coming back and um, playing for him. Um, I just learned more and more every day. He's been he's taught the, the best of the best, so anything he tells me is going to end up helping me in the long run. Yeah. No, I, I asked this next question. I hesitate a little bit to do it. I don't want to compare what you guys have now with the coach you had in the past. But I am curious to know, you know, as this season went along, and we'll start with you, Christian, like what was kind of your first sign that, okay, things are different now? Um, I'd say the very first workout we had as a team with the new coaching staff uh, in the gym, I feel like it was a whole lot like the energy in everybody was just totally different from last year. I feel like everybody was like happy to play basketball. Um, I think it would be, I think it's the energy is a lot different. Was that just just by nature of getting a fresh start or was there something that staff did to you know, kind of help build that? I think it was a lot more positivity in the air. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think everybody was being positive with each other. Um, yeah, I think that was the main thing. For yeah. sure. Jordan, what about you? Um, just like, just like what Christian said, I feel like the, the atmosphere was, was uh, a little more like uh, animated, I guess, you know, everybody would be as happy to be here. Uh, the players, you know, like like we had a lot of people coming that's new, and like you just like even though like it felt like a month, I know I feel like I've known them for like a year. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess something that really helped us a lot was the trip that we had to the Bahamas. I feel yeah. like us as a team a bit closer, just you know, um, just being together and experiencing like new experiences, like you know, like uh, swimming with the dolphins. You know, with my team, I feel like that was really something that was you know that helped us. You know, you know stick together, you know what I mean? And I feel like the chemistry is just is high. It's really high. Like, even with the sporting staff, too. Like, yeah. you know, just in, in swimming. So. Was anyone afraid to swim with the Dolphins? I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done that before. It's kind of a, it's kind of a freaky experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Anthony, anything else, you know, for you that, you know, you kind of noticed that, like, wow, things are a little different now? Not really. I mean, I, I agree with what they said, but I, I really don't want to compare staffs. I mean, Coach Miller and, and his staff gave me the opportunity to put the jersey on in the first place, so I, I really can't I can't speak speak down on them at all. So I, I'm just thankful that I got to experience them. I'm thankful I get to experience this new staff. And I'm excited to continue working. Yeah, that's great. So take me through, like when you go in the gym and you're working on your shot. What is your what's your routine? Um, do you have like a set thing that you kind of do when you go in there? Or is it different each time? Uh, yeah, I do a. Uh, I have like a routine that I do in the weight room first before I even go out on the court that just uh, gets my body loose and, and works on some, some small things. But after that, I, I go out and you know, stretch, get, get get warmed up, and then just get shots up and focus on my, my form and repetition. Yeah. yeah. Did, they, did the coaches work a lot with you on like shot form and trying to tweak the way that you're shooting? Or do they typically you know kind of let you shoot it the way that you are and then work with you on getting reps and just practicing that form? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. for them, it's, you know, obviously everybody shoots a little bit differently, but uh, at the end of the day, no matter what your form is, as long as you're getting the reps up and you're, you're confident in your shot, there's no 
perfect way to shoot per se, but I mean, they're, they're always encouraging us to keep our confidence up and they're making sure that we get in the gym and, and put in reps so that we know in the game the shot's going to go up and it's going to run. Yeah. So, Jordan, when, uh, when we knew that you guys were coming, I asked some of our community members what questions they wanted us to ask. And two people asked the same question, so I feel like I have to ask you this. What does it feel like to be able to fly? <laughs> Feels good, man. Feels good. Feels good. But, um, you know, when you get talked about a lot, and fans always do this, you know, we compare players to players who played at the school before. Two of the names that often come up when people talk about you are OG Ananobi and Victor Oladipo, you know, because of similarities in style and athletic ability and different things that you guys do on the court. Do you hear that kind of stuff? You know, like on social media? And if so, how do you process something like that? I mean, I see that kind of stuff all the time. But, like, I don't really like to compare myself to other players because, you know, they're they're them and not me. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm just going to work on my game. And, you know, people people can make their appearances all they want. But, you know, I'm unique in my own game. So I'm just work on that. And whatever happens, happens. But all I know is I'm going to put the work in and good things are going to show. So, yeah. Yeah. Christian, what's the craziest thing that you've seen Jordan do in practice? Just like the craziest play that you've seen him make. Um, he's had a lot. Uh, I think the craziest thing I've ever seen him do was take one single step and go between the legs and dunk it. He didn't have to run into it or nothing. It was just one step, and then he just <laughs> went between his legs and dunked it. And that was – I was like, I didn't even know you had that in you for real. I was like, you have that much bounce? Uh, yeah, that was probably the craziest one. Wow. Anthony, anything that jump out for you that you've seen Jordan make? Similar. Is this working? Is it working? Yeah. Thank you. All right, cool. Uh, similar to what Christian said, but it was like first week we moved into our apartment. He there's like a basketball court thing. He was in slippers. And he, he did between the legs dunk wearing slippers. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And it, like it's frustrating because I've I've been to weights for like eight years now. And this dude he looks so much stronger than me. <laughs> I, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, let me let me do that. But I mean, he, he's he's special, and I think if if he keeps working, the sky's the limit. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've seen from Christian in practice? And you guys have obviously played together, coming up for a long time. That you think maybe we haven't had a chance to see yet in his time at IU. Me? Yeah. Uh, I, I think something a lot of people don't don't realize is the, the range on his jump shot is, is unbelievable. Like he he effortlessly effortlessly shoots from the logo, basically. I mean, and, and it's effortless, and I think you know the more work he continues to put in, and, and as he gets more confident in his role, starts to improve, uh, people are going to see that. But his range is very impressive. Yeah, you know, people often say, "Is that working?" Yeah. You know, for guys making the transition from high school to college, you know, the speed of the game and being able to get your shot off, you know, is a lot different. Did you find that last year? And do you feel like you've, you know, if so do you feel like you've adjusted more to that now as a sophomore? Uh, last year, uh, yeah, it was for sure way harder. Um, but once I went through it for a whole year and, like, was able to slow the game down a lot, um, I was able to, like, pick my spots and know what certain moves to work on to get be able to get to my shot like I used to. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, Jordan and Christian, you know, playing with Anthony every single day, you know, what are what are some of Anthony's biggest strengths, you know, and the things that you think he brings to the team when he's on the court? Um, I just say Anthony's like the hardest worker for sure. Um, yeah. He's always going 100 percent no matter what it is. It could be a shooting drill. It could be 
us going against each other. It could be anything. Defensive drill, he's going to go 100%. Um, I just think that's a, one of his key traits. Um, he never gives less than 100%. So, yeah. And I'll second that for sure. Like, he always gives 100%. Like, never takes, like, a sprint off. You know, he never, like, uh, takes any moment for granted. You know what I mean? He's always giving it his all. And um, that's something in a teammate like that, that I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you seem to pride yourself on being the hardest working guy. What's it like to hear that from teammates? I try to focus on the exercise because it's one of the things I, I can make sure I control just how hard I go. So hopefully uh, and, uh, as I start to go hard and, and people and my teammates will, will raise to that level and, and they'll just make it a lot more competitive for you. I think that's our way to go. Yeah. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about just your life as student athletes and basketball players, you know, Bloomington. Christian, what do you think is something that a lot of fans don't don't recognize or don't realize about what it's like to be a college basketball player at a place like IU? Um, I kind of think that some people think that us student athletes don't like take our work as serious as like just, just students do. But I feel like we do a whole lot. I mean, it just makes it harder to us for us because we're going to practice. We're tired. We have long practices and stuff like that, but we still have to put our school first before basketball. Yeah. Jordan, what about you? Uh, I said the same thing, really. Like, uh, um, like there'll be times where, like, after, like, a game or, like, a long practice, I'm, like, I take a deep breath, and I realize, oh, okay, I, have to do, I forgot I have to do this assignment now. Like, this hour-long assignment I have to do. And after that, oh, like, I should read this, you know, read this section of the book. Someone get behind or something like that. It's always, it's always something to do. Like, like if you're like sitting down by like by yourself, just relaxing, like it's always like a thought in the back of your head. Like it's always something I can do to you know put me ahead, and uh, that's really like a, a drive for me that keeps me going. So. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, same same thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say one thing. One one thing most people like don't really understand is like a, a normal day for us is starting at seven thirty eight a.m. Work out, go to classroom. 92 and we're right to practice and we're not leaving the gym until 7 30 every day so it's it, it really is a full-time job and i mean obviously we're, we're all invested in making it come out to do it but it is it is a lot yeah for sure so what do you guys do when you do have downtime i mean like you were saying even if you do have a moment to relax it's kind of in the back of your head what do you like to do to just unwind you know obviously you guys are under a lot of pressure you got to unwind a little bit what are what are some of the things you guys like to do um, I would not really special. Like I'll be scrolling on TikTok a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Be <laughs> but, uh, uh, like just be on my phone. Really, nothing really serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christian, um, I'd probably say the same thing. Um, scrolling on TikTok, uh, watching YouTube videos, um, and probably watching some of the series I like watching. Yeah. What what series? Uh, it's a show called Power, and then another show called BMF. Those are my two shows that I enjoy watching for sure. Okay. And how has how has NIL changed things for you guys? And Anthony, I'll you know I'll start with you. I mean obviously it's such a it's such a you know just a unique thing now, you know, with you know different from how things have been before and you have all these new opportunities. What has that been like to try to navigate? Uh, <laughs> That's for me I assume. Let's keep that over here. It's uh <laughs> It, it, I, I, I seriously think it, it's changed uh, our lifestyles a little bit just because 
typically like last year we get our scholarship check most of that goes to rent and then you've got a little bit of money to for food and stuff but you really don't have any to just maybe go go buy a pair of shoes you like or, or buy a shirt you like so i think with nil it, it eases that pressure off of us a little bit i mean obviously we're blessed enough to get full-life scholarships and off the road about tuition but yeah nil kind of just gives us a little extra where you can you can go out and eat at your favorite restaurant or you can buy some shoes and stuff like that it, it definitely makes things a lot easier yeah how do you christian how do you evaluate like the opportunities that come by and try to decide is this something i want to do or something i don't want to do um with me personally um i look over everything with my uh, parents everything that comes to me i send it to them yeah um and they like help me whether or not it's worth like doing it or whether it's not so i mean um yeah that's mainly at me talking over it with my parents and stuff like that so it just all depends yeah jordan what about you uh, it's the same thing talking over my parents uh I just make sure like if this deal is a smart move to do or if it's worth it. Uh, also like like, like uh, my really close friend back at home, I always show him like you know what, what am I doing? You know like oh like should I do this or do that? Or would it be a good idea to talk to them? Or if not, and he would give me a good advice. So like, I'm really curious what Coach Woodson thinks about NIL. You know because <laughs> it was so different obviously for him. Is he what are what does he think about it? Has he said anything? I'm not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's all for it. Is he? I mean, yeah. As, as long as we're doing things we want to do, and, uh, he's all he's all for us. But he just wants us to be smart about it. And we've had multiple meetings with uh, people that basically tell us to remember we have to pay taxes. Yeah. There's something none of us have really done yet, but that, and that's a big thing. Your coach has, has been, you know, emphasizing for us. He's like, you can't spend all of it. You have to you have to be able to pay taxes. So, but he he, he supports it and he's happy that we're able to make some money. That's good. That's good. So, Christian, what's been your your favorite place? You know, since you've been at IU, kind of your favorite places to go on campus. Like, what are your spots? Um, I really don't get out that much. I'm more of like a homebody. But um, I'd probably say like food wise, I probably go to like Buffalo. I go to Buffalo a lot. Yeah, that's like my main place. And then sometimes I uh, chill and do like homework and stuff in the IMU. It's also been so hard because ever since you guys have been here, it's been COVID. Yeah, you know, and so going out has been has been a lot different. Has it? I mean, I assume it's it's eased up a little bit now. We're able to do this, and you know, so this season I'm sure has been a lot different than last season was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are your favorite spots, Jordan? Um, food wise, I'd say I'd have Buffalo Louis, but I'm a big fan of ZNC. Also, I'm not gonna lie. What, where is it? ZNC. Okay. On Kirkwood. Yeah. But like just hanging out. Like I like to go to the IMU with uh, with some of my buddies, just hang out there, do homework, and just do whatever. Uh, like those are two spots I really be at, other than uh, assembly or my apartment. So. Yeah. And what about you? I mean, you know all the spots in Bloomington. Uh, Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chipotle a lot. <laughs> no, I, I I have Chipotle probably a concerning amount. Do you? Yeah. What's like, your go-to like I get, item? I get two bowls with chips and a drink. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know what you like, man. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. You know what you like. Um, you know, as you guys have kind of navigated playing in the Big Ten now, what's been uh, what venue? have you gone to that's been the kind of the toughest for you to go to? Um, 
Like this year or like last year? Or... Well, last year is a little bit different because there weren't fans. True, true, true. Uh, for this year, uh, I guess I'd say Iowa. Yeah. In my opinion, I'd say Iowa. Um, the crowd was active. It was loud. It was, you know, animated. Uh, I feel like that was a tough crowd to go like, what is it meant for you guys now, you know, not having the crowd in Assembly Hall last year and having it this year? You know, and obviously, you know, today's crowd was pretty good in the first half, wasn't as good in the second half. And we know, you know, the Purdue crowd, for example, was incredible. I mean, Anthony, what what kind of difference does that make for you guys? It, it's a huge difference. We, we notice it and we, we appreciate it and we love, love the energy that the, that the fans bring. Last year, it was... It was weird for us because it, it almost made the transition easier because we were, put, we were playing in front of people. So it's like we're just, we're just out there playing and just not as much pressure and stuff. But be, being fans this year, it definitely changes the game, especially at home with, with the support and everything we get. And on the road, and we, we have friends chanting just last, last away game we were at uh, Maryland. So yeah. it, it's awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun to bring from fans for sure. Yeah. Well, look, you know, you guys coming, we really appreciate it. Um, I know you guys have a lot to, you know, to do, or at least you want to just go relax. So I won't keep you too much longer. I am curious, though, you know, you, you talked about, you know, what you guys are studying earlier. Uh, and you know, I think we all think that all three of you guys are going to have long careers in basketball. But I'm curious what, you know, what you kind of see yourself doing after basketball. What kind of things you're, you're thinking about? I mean, you were a direct admit to Kelly studying business. What are some of the things that you, you think you might want to do? do once your basketball career is over uh hopefully start my own business yeah i haven't, I haven't really came up with that golden idea yet but it'll, it'll come, come <laughs> it'll come to me yeah uh, hopefully it'll be a business owner one day yeah yeah and with the environmental what um hopefully uh like i want to be an environmental scientist or be in environmental management so i can help companies go green and help uh help the environment out yeah a great i mean that is a growing field it's it's a smart field to get into there's a lot of potential yeah. christian what about you um personally um i would say this involving something involving with sports the rest of my life to be honest um i love basketball um i like football a lot too so something in that area probably showing the younger people coming up like what i learned and well i continue to learn over the years and sharing that info down for me yeah so last question for you guys. I mean, obviously, you know, coming into the season, you know, there's a lot of goals as a team. One of the big goals is being able to play in the NCAA tournament. And I think, you know, based on what you guys have done so far, you put yourself in a pretty good position. And I'm, I'm sure for you individually, it'd be exciting to do it. What would it mean, you know, to help a guy like Rob, to see a guy like Race, who's been here for, you know, for four years, be able to play in the NCAA tournament? It would mean, uh, mean a whole lot. Um, these guys have been here for a long time and they – um, haven't been there in a while, so it would be really good for the older guys to be able to go there and for us to be there, be able to go there at a at a young start, fresh start. So yeah. yeah, what are some of the things that you learned from those guys, the upperclassmen that have kind of been around? They've been through some struggles, you know. Yeah, I've learned a lot uh, from Race and Chase, even uh, Joey when he was here, and um, Big Mike. I've learned a lot from these older guys, just uh, being like a big in the Big Ten. Um, I've learned, you know, like, like posting up wasn't really part of my game when I came into, um, came into college. Yeah. But they really showed me like, the importance of posting up, just knowing, just telling me, uh, you know, where to go, like how to set screens at an angle and how to do things at this time to 
open up these different opportunities, you know, for uh, players and stuff. And just like the little stuff that, you know, they just kind of just drill into my brain so it can help me just be a better player for my for my teammates. Basically. So, yeah. Yeah. What about, I, you know, one question I did want to ask you real quick before the under 12 minute timeout, Trey went in and you like put, you like ran out on the court and pulled him over to, to say something to him. What were you talking to him about? Uh, do you I remember? Just, yeah, just I just gave him some suggestions what 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 to do, what to change, just to try to you know. He's he's one of my best friends. And, uh, yeah. So we uh, we talk a lot about the game. I really just try to try to give him some advice and, and help him to to spark us, try to make a run. Do you know what he said to Jaden Ivy? To <laughs> just just got his girl playing defense. Just playing hard. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, guys, I really appreciate you coming. You really made this event, you know, just being here, made this event really special for everybody. Let's give them a round of applause, everybody. Christian Lander, and Jordan Geronimo, Anthony Leal. Um, and so the only other thing that we'd love for you guys to do, if you can, we've got some balls over there. Um, if you could each sign one and then sign one together, we're going to raffle those basketballs off cool. for, uh, for the people who are here. That's Is that good. cool? That's cool. That's awesome. Good. Thank you so much. Anthony, thanks, thanks for helping set this up. Great. Jordan, great to meet you. Christian, great to meet you. Good luck this season. Good luck this season. I think you guys still have a lot of great basketball ahead of you. <clears throat> All right. So they are going to sign those balls. We will raffle those off. All right. Who? <laughs> Jack brought a whole pitcher of beer. <laughs> All right. And I know there were some other folks who had uh, some questions. So we can do some more questions uh, if you want to come up. And we are going to raffle off some more items. That sounds good. And then we will raffle those off. Dave, how's everything going? Well over a thousand for Mother Hubbard's. Wow. You hear that? Well over a thousand dollars raised for Mother Hubbard's today. That is great. Where did Ryan, Andy, and Coach go? Are they milling around? They're over there. Okay. There he is. All right, we got to do some raffle. Where are the tickets? We bring those up, Richie. Let's raffle these off. All right, let's do this. Anthony. Let me ask. Let me ask. Anthony. I guess you can leave trace. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. So we're going to raffle these off. The guys have been nice enough. Whoever wins the raffle, you can take a picture uh, with the player, with, with the guy, which will be awesome. So here's the first one. Two, okay, uh, this will be for uh, the ball autographed by Christian. 201-7937. 201-7937. Anybody? Hey, to the gentleman in the white hat. Come on down. <laughs> All right. So you win the ball with uh, with Christian, and then if we can get, yeah, let's get a picture with uh, with Christian. All right, that's awesome. Is that the next one? All right. So here's the next one. This is for the ball autographed by Jordan. Two o one seven six five five. Two o one seven six five five. Dustin Depirac, everybody. What's up, Dustin? 
201-7655? Who was it? Hey, she won again. Okay, let's let's mix these around a little bit here. <laughs> All right. Cool. I love watching the picture. Okay, Dustin Depirak is picking this one, everybody. Okay, uh, this is for the ball autographed by Anthony. 207925. 207925. Valerie! Congratulations, Valerie. Huh? Let's check it. 207925. We love Valerie. Okay, so this next one, this will be for the ball autographed by all three. And we are going to let the honorable Jeremy Gray, for the ball autographed by the sophomores, we will let the great Jeremy Gray pick it. All right. It is 201 201-7195. 201-7195. 201-7195. Anybody? 201 7195. Hey, it's mine. It is? Hey, that's awesome. It's a Richie. Congratulations, Richie. All right. Let's get a picture with them. That is awesome. All right, get that picture. Yeah, I know. Richie, advertising for the big lead there. All right, Anthony, Jordan, Christian, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Big round of applause for these guys, everybody. Really appreciate them coming out, hanging out with us today. You know, it would have been very easy after, you know, after a performance that doesn't go the way that you want to, to just say, to not do it, and uh, and they came, and I really, really appreciate that. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, let's raffle off some more stuff. Unless you guys want to do more post-game show. Let's, hey, by the way, we've got, let me grab these shirts over here. Yes. So check these out, by the way, from our friends at Home Field Apparel. They made some special edition uh, Back Home Network shirts. They're amazing. The back, this is our new Back Home Network logo. So they did some special shirts. They've got them up on the website, too, uh, if you don't win the raffle. We're going to raffle some of these off. Let's go. All right, so you want to start with the jersey? Whoa. What? Chug a beer? Why? Do I need to relax a little bit? <laughs> He's just had a long day, folks. Okay. We're going to raffle off one of these Back Home Network shirts first. Andy, do the honors. Do we trust the bottoms? I think we trust them. 201 7870. 201 7870. 7870. Anybody? 7870. Give them a second. They're looking 
In the back, Jordan Geronimo is signing somebody's head. Everybody, please pay attention to that. Oh shit! What was it? What was it? Read it all. It doesn't matter. You get a shirt. You asked a great question earlier. Seven, yes, seven, eight, seven, zero. There we go. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Okay, so, uh, so this was given to us by Chris Williams, IU Artifacts on yes. Twitter. Follow uh, an official Indiana basketball practice jersey. Pretty darn cool. We got it. Yeah, we're talking about signing bald heads. Uh, okay, two oh one seven one nine eight. Say that again. What was it? Two oh one seven one nine eight. Seven one. Beautiful Indiana eight. basketball practice jersey. And you have to put it on immediately upon getting it. Two oh one seven one nine eight. Seven one nine eight. It's it was you. you again. Okay. Oh, Richie. <laughs> 201 $20. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Spend a lot of money. There you're we gonna, go. You got a better chance, guys. Okay, let's shake uh, it up. Let's shake it like crazy. Let's grab the piece of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> let's grab the piece of the floor. Okay, so we have another piece of the assembly hall floor from 76 to 95 on a beautiful plaque with the Bob Knight signature number 263 out of 1,000. Wow, our record on this floor, 237 and 36, a winning percentage of 86.8. That is incredible. Okay, 201 7342. 201 7342. 7342. Anybody? 7342. For a beautiful plaque. Got it. Hey. Oh, there we go. You know, that would look good behind me on the show, Jared. I'm just saying, if you want to give me a Christmas right present, next to your Steve Alford yeah. autograph. Right, there you go. Hey, what's your name? Say it again. And where'd you come from? New York. New York. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not. Technically, it's not. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. That is awesome. 7342. Congratulations. Thank you all for coming. There you go. <laughs> that is great. Hey, you had a question, too. I want to make sure that we get to it. If, if you want to ask it. Okay, so we have an autographed photo of the great Trace Jackson Davis right here. This is the next thing we'll raffle off. Get through these. An autographed photo of Trace. Is this it? it yeah. Okay. 201 201-7982 for a piece of the assembly hall floor. 
Seven nine. Eight Here we two. go. <laughs> you want a piece of the floor? Two oh one seven nine eight two. You Looks got good. it. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations. All right. Let's do the other picture. Let me get his question. Okay. Picture. Last picture. Then we'll do the switch yard and then. Not yet. Okay, let's pick it. Okay, look, check out this. This photo was awesome. Look at this photo of Trace Jackson Davis about to dunk. Autographed 201-8068. Did we raffle off my picture yet? It's coming. I mean, that's that's <laughs> the reason people showed up, I think. Hey, hey, there we go. Awesome. 8068. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks for All coming. Right, let's answer the question. Okay, TC's so TC's question. TC's question was about why do you think we didn't have more of a sense of urgency with five minutes left? Why weren't we pressing? Why weren't we trying to get threes? Because it did kind of feel like... It felt like the game had, regardless how close it was, it felt like the game had gotten away at that point, quite frankly. I, I, I just think that was the vibe in the arena. I think that was the vibe among the but team. But that was the vibe in the arena because that was the vibe the team was giving. I agree. But I'm saying I think that it just felt that way. I think when it got to about six points, it felt like the game had gotten away from them a little bit. And it just was a game that was not flowing in their direction. And and I, you're right. There wasn't a sense of urgency, which we, there hasn't been something we've seen a lot this year. We've seen oh, yeah. a sense of urgency a lot in those yeah. positions. Sometimes they haven't been successful, but they've had that just kind of – it just felt like there was a malaise about it in that second half. And that, that was from the first inbounds pass of the second half. That yeah. was the way it was, and it just felt like that permeated the entire second half. So that, that yeah. that's what I'm at. I just felt like it was a rough we, one. We mentioned it briefly. I, I the game's never over until about a minute, minute and a half. Yes, I agree with what Ryan was saying. It felt like, felt like the it. dagger had already been uh, hit. But I, I would have appreciated a little bit more uh, pressure and fouling and, and trying to get back in the game because you're going to need that. Even if it doesn't work out, you're going to need that at some point here in these last eight games or Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. So that, to me, was a little uh, disappointing. I wish uh, they could do that over again. Yeah. Okay. Anything else to add? Thanks for the question, TC. All right, let's do. Let's raffle off our last few items, and then uh, we want to get out here and meet everybody, talk. So we've got a Switchyard gift pack. Yep. What am I doing? A little closer. Just a little closer. Yes. Oh, we just get a free. They get a ball. Yeah. So an extra can, ball. Someone can have a ball. So we'll do. We'll do. Let's do Switchyard first. Okay. So here we've got another Switchyard gift pack, which includes. The growler, the mug, and some gift cards. 201 7209. 7209. 7209. Anybody? Yes. Multiple winners. All right. There you go. Congratulations. It's all these people who bought a ton of tickets. Bought a t- really hey, you should be well. rewarded. Doing you should really be rewarded well. for that. All right. Uh, uh, the ball. Now let's keep the ball. Keep we're gonna now we're gonna give the ball to Chris. For all the hard work that he did helping us out, he can right. get that autograph. Hey, cool. Yeah. yeah, let's keep the ball. All right. Um, what do we got left? And we, we have a t shirt cannon we can just use for the year. Yeah, or? so we're going to wrap. Here's what I want to do with the shirts come up and let me know if you want one of the. We've got a limited 
amount of these that we can give away. And I want to make sure they go to folks that are really going to, you know, want to wear them. So come up. What'd you say? You want a shirt? Okay. <laughs> Turn them all in. That's it. No more <laughs> tickets get a back for home you. Network shirt. All right. Yeah. There you go. So, right here. Okay. Just come on up. Yeah. So here we go. So it's got the back home network logo on it. Let's find sizes. Let's right, find are they sizes. multiple sizes? Or they all yeah, we got. Well, we'll do this once we get. We'll do this once we get off the. Once we. Well, yeah, we'll hand them out. Once yeah, we get once off we the take. Air. Once we take the microphones off, we'll do that. Shirt. All right, so, he can get one. Yeah, he gets one for sure. <laughs> do we have any for more sure. items left? Is that it? I think that is it the for the items. It? I think that, that is all the items. There's a notebook here from the College of Arts and Sciences, but I don't. You can take that home, for, uh, Andy. That's all. Bring that home to your girls. Oh, the small. Okay, to pay. make sure. The, the folks at Hoosier Ticket Project, they're doing a silent auction over there. Yeah, Make please. sure that, that you go over there and do that. So we've got a few people that, that we have to thank, a lot of people that we have to thank. Dave and the whole team at Switchyard, we really appreciate all of their help setting this up for us. Big shout-out to Galen Clavio for helping us with all of the, the audio stuff and being such a great partner at the Back Home Network. Thank you to Connor and the guys from Home Field Apparel. Always, every day. Yes. Thank you to Josh and Amanda from Hoosier Ticket Project. Uh, and, of course, thank you to Anthony, to Jordan, to Christian uh, for coming. And my thanks to these three guys, for Ryan for traveling from San Diego, Coach and Andy for being able to, you know, to make it down here. But really, most of all, thank you to everybody, to all of you uh, who are here. It's like we always say, you know, we're just – a bunch of dudes talking into our computers most of the time, talking basketball into a computer. It doesn't mean a whole lot, except you guys bring meaning to it by listening and more than that, by creating a community around this. And that is the most special part about Indiana basketball is the community and the people. And college sports can seem really silly sometimes. Like, why do we care so much about these guys playing? But what else brings people together across time, across distance, across generations like college sports and IU basketball especially. So thank you all for, for coming here. Chat mob rules. That's right. The chat mob rules. So One last thing. This is our 10th year doing this, our 11th season. Our 11th season. And I remember the days when we had 10 people listening and we were related to six or seven of them. So uh, for all of you guys who showed up, who traveled to come here, who tune in every week, people who couldn't be here and are watching and, and couldn't be here uh, – you're the whole reason we do this, and we're the reason we're able to do this week to week, and that we rush to our computers right at six o'clock on Thursdays and right after games. And you guys also help us get through days like today uh, and help us celebrate games that we win. So we got to figure something out though, because now we're zero two with these live yeah, shows. Seriously, I, yeah. Thanks, guys. But thank you guys all for coming, um, and thank you for traveling, and thank you for uh, – obviously the weather's terrible, and you guys all made it here. So thank you so much. It means so much to all of us. Absolutely. Thank you. And now let's party. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> thank you, Galen, for everything. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I'm like everything about that. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.